Welcome to Talk Tales, a comedy podcast exploring stories from behind and beyond the bar. We're your hosts. I'm Shauna. And I'm Matt. Oh my gosh, Matt. Guess what? What? The listeners, they've been waiting for so long and so have I. <laughs> because this is our very first episode that we're launching from our time that we spent at where? Tales of the Cocktail. Yeah. The biggest of easies. Oh my goodness. And the uh, 2018 Tales of Cocktail, the one that just passed, we were there, we covered all week. And we got a lot of audio. We did. And it's been taking some time. Yeah, we've been going through it. We've been organizing it. We've been naming it. We hopefully didn't lose any of it. Yeah, definitely been listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> so we got some great stuff here. Um, and it's this is going to be interesting because it's previously recorded um, while we were in New Orleans a few weeks ago, maybe mm-hmm. a month ago at this point. Yeah, we've had time to recover. Yeah, we're definitely fully recovered. And um, so we have some great interviews that we did there. Hey, Matt, what was one of the things that you experienced in New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail that you like really particularly stood out for you? Oh, man. I'll just go with it right off the bat. Uh, just like the friendships we made there. There were so many great people, so many awesome like brands and the people that represented those brands and different bartenders and everything like that. And that was just like incredible to just see that much of the industry in such pretty condensed small place all in the French Quarter, basically. And we ran into so many good people. And that was, that was just cool. Constantly meeting like bar professionals and industry folk. Yeah, it was amazing. Like uh, I have to 100% agree with that. Like it started from the second we got there, we just started making friends. And at this point, I think we're, I mean, we're still in communication with a bunch of them. And, um, I, it's just amazing that through the week we kept running into the same people and our, our, <laughs> yep. our entourage kept building and growing. And we all, and we all became just tales of the cocktail buddies for life pretty much. Which was fantastic. I couldn't believe that that was the way it was went down. So yeah, I'm with you on that. That was definitely a huge highlight of the of the entire trip. Uh, I think one of my favorite times that I had, aside from all the recording and meeting of people, it was like a lot of uh, stimulation. And I, I want to apologize to Matt because I seriously was like, "Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go!" <laughs> the whole time. Got my exercise and, in. And it, oh my gosh, it, like it was there was a lot of movement. So and a lot of talking. You'll hear in the audio as we go the oh the voice yeah. <laughs> the voice just deteriorate oh my gosh it's crazy yeah there's audio evidence of our trip and how much we were working and having fun but one of the one things i really did enjoy was a break that we had and it wasn't at a bar and it wasn't at a party it wasn't at in our hotel room but it was something that matt was very persistent about that we had to do and that was a new orleans staple that everyone I guess has to do in the French Quarter which we walked a few blocks down to the Cafe Dumont. Mm-hmm. We and did it. We did. We, we got s- it in there. Yeah we <laughs> sat there and we had beignets and a cup of coffee and there was no booze in that coffee. It was just straight delicious fluffy cinnamon sugar Oh, no, just no cinnamon, of, just sugar. Just a lot of sugar. Fried dough yeah. in our in our mouths mm-hmm. and coffee and we just sat and enjoyed them in the sweaty, sweaty, sweaty heat. And it was a good pause that was definitely needed. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. Yeah, quintessential New Orleans. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, yeah. that is a good one. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for showing us all that. And I'm oh, glad yeah, we did course. have some time to do so, uh, something yeah. that... To breathe. Yeah, be, be, be <laughs> bona fide tourists. <laughs> for um, sure. But yeah, so let's get into this episode. Let's dive right in and we'll just briefly um, introduce who we are going to be talking to in these interviews. In this episode, we are highlighting and interviewing Grant Sini. Gem and Bolt, which is uh, Adrena Drina and Elliot Kuhn. 
the founders of Gem and Bolt. We also have uh, Brendan Bain, Jacob O'Connor, and Aaron Joseph. Yeah, so uh, grab yourself something to sip on. Let's go into the magical. Sometimes crazy world of cocktails, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hello, everybody. So this is really awesome. We are doing our very, very, very first in-room interview at where? At Tales. Tales of the Cocktail. Tales of the Cocktail. This is happening. We are so stoked right now because we have an amazing bartender here with us. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it. Introduce. We have Grant Seamy with us. Hello, hello. How are Hi, you? Hi, Grant. <laughs> doing well, doing well. We, uh, so thank you so much for taking time with us to like all the crazy shit that's happening here at Tales. Um, we, I think we all basically just arrived, right? Mostly. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone's arriving today, too. You just, Wait, you did some driving today? No, everyone is arriving today, too. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's going to be in flux this afternoon. Yeah, oh, we, it's gonna we be got nuts. here yesterday and did a bunch of shit already like we went to some great restaurants we had some great cocktails um and i'm feeling a little puffy today <laughs> you look um, great you're fine thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're gonna get into this um grant so let's talk about where you work and like kind of what you do yeah, and so I'm I'm based in Vancouver. I have a bit of Australian accent, but I moved there eight years ago. Um, I work for Fairmont Hotels, at the, mainly at the Pacific Rim. Um, right now, I'm down here. I'm down here with the Fairmont Hotel Group uh, as a title dubbed Fairmont Tastemaker. So essentially, it was a program that was brought about by uh, bartenders were doing really, really well in our company. Mm-hmm. So previously, Eric Lynch from the Savoy was a part of the program. We have Anita Shabin from Quebec as well. And... They brought us together to essentially improve the beverage overall for the whole t- company. So to work together like a better vision of better drinking and culture in hotels and not be as a stuffy environment. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Um, I do. Yeah, I understand what you mean by that, because sometimes like you think of hotel bars as like a very specific type of bar that you'd want to kind of like avoid us sometimes. But that's definitely not the case with you guys. You guys are doing amazing things. Um, is there anything specifically that you like to focus on as far as the cocktail program that you guys do there? Yeah, so I mean, initially what the the way it for sort of to step was we started off doing, we did just a six drink menu that's going to be around all Fairmonts around the world. So essentially like bringing up a standardized cocktail menu where we were tweaking classics. So we brainstormed in a room for a few for a whole weekend and um, we probably tried 100 200 different variations of an old-fashioned before we set it on the recipe to put in the menu so Whoa. yeah so we're going to be making those this afternoon three to five no way yeah. so we get to try those yes absolutely ah, <laughs> nice. that's freaking awesome i love that you're excited about drinks feeling hungover already <laughs> <laughs> i know who would have thought i'd already be like so excited about drinking i was like i'm bouncing right back <laughs> right uh, the second wind fourth wind whatever we're on <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, we went to a dive bar at the last place we went to last night and i had a dive bar beer <laughs> Yeah, who was uh, and I, and I re- right now regret it a little bit. That's, that's <laughs> probably what did it. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what did it. But this isn't. This hasn't been your your first tales. You've been several times. This is my fifth tales. Nice. Yeah, yeah five years in a row. Oh nice. my gosh. Uh-huh. You've it's, survived five times on this? Yeah, barely, barely holding on. <laughs> Is there anything specific that maybe you have advice for us for being first timers coming to Tails or anyone listening that's never been to Tails? Drink lots of water. Nice. <laughs> Don't 
drink every cocktail. Every time there's going to be stations and everything to drink everywhere, have a sip. Don't you don't have to finish everything that's put in your hand. That's really good advice. Yeah, I think for the longevity. Put a drink down. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've had issues with that already. <laughs> it's it's definitely like so tempting, especially you know in this environment. Because and we we really haven't even started the whole like seminar situations and the tasting no, rooms and stuff. Today. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting, and we're like pretty psyched about it because it's really is like a new kind of thing for us. So we're like looking forward, pretty looking forward to this. My first year was very exciting. You tend to get dragged into all excited about every event that's going on, and mm -hmm. that's you'll be sore by the end of the week. <laughs> nice, perfect. <laughs> Grant, how long have you been bartending? Uh, eight years? No. Oh wow, twelve years now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> two, two, or wait, two years though. Yeah. Four, four of those like, years wait, were no, a blur. How, yeah. how old am I? Wait, yeah, no, 12 years now. Damn. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, what kind of got you interested in starting into this 12-year venture? Uh, well, it was just partying in a pub like most people start out back in Melbourne for a few years. And then I moved up to uh, the Great Barrier Reef and started working in a five-star resort and sort of learned more about higher-end service and less about cocktails. And then I moved to Vancouver and landed at a pretty good cocktail bar where my uh, head bartender at the time was also Australian. So he kind of took me under his wing, trained me up, and then I just sort of fell in love with it ever since. Cool. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, you've done a lot of cool stuff in your 12-year career. A lot. <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. done several competitions and things like that as well, right? Yeah, correct. I, you know, I was competing a lot years and years ago, I think, and then um, I was in 2014 in Diageo World Class, and I ended up finishing fourth uh, overall. Nice. World, so Congratulations. Which pretty, pretty good, and I don't think I've competed ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got your fill of it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Heavy for a few years, and yeah, now mm. on to bigger and other things, which is nice. Mm. And you, do you, do you, did you go to school for hospitality, or did you just kind of like? Yeah, no, I did a two-year um, advanced diploma in uh, hospitality management, hospitality nice. and tourism. So that kind of sort of stepped into understanding the world of hotels and why I sort of work for a hotel company now with bars. And that's why I'm passionate in that way is because I worked, that was the original direction I was going. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's cool to see how hotels have kind of, you know, stepped their game up in the sense of it's like craft now, you yeah. know, like all these bars and, and these programs are just so cool and like really kind of unique at this point. I know we're from LA, so LA has like these really cool, um, like rooftop bars, not necessarily a place where you're just getting like, horrible slushy drinks anymore. Yeah. You're getting like craft companies coming through and, and like redoing the programs well, and stuff like people that. People care. People like, you know, they're professionals. They realize they can do their job better. I mean, at our bar at uh, the Pacific Rim Vancouver that we just opened was top 10 for best new international cocktail bars at Tales, Botanist. Oh, uh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, is that up for uh, no, award this year? No, it was up for the award. It made top ten, but didn't make it through the top four, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. So you got like you'll see like you've got plenty of hotel bars that are getting nominated, like the Savoy at the American Bars, winning a bunch of awards still. Like you know, mm -hmm. hotel bars are great places to drink. Yeah, you'll definitely. See everyone down the hotel bar stairs later today, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we were staying in the Monteleone, which is the has the famous carousel bar in it, and it's you can get dizzy if you sit there for too long. <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs> I didn't get the chance yet, so I'm like looking forward to you possibly getting dizzy there later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I think it's more of the booze. Yeah, yeah. And the best thing about drinking at a hotel bar, if worst comes to worst, you always have somewhere to sleep. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, you could yeah stumble into an elevator and just like yeah. <laughs> Not that we're speaking from experience. No, 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 no. I wouldn't know anything about that. Always drink responsibly. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Oh yeah. So yeah, a lot of time we you know we always we talk about where you work and everything like that, and then like a big thing that we do on this podcast is talk about stories. Okay. 
We like putting people on the spot. Okay. We do. <laughs> um, so what is there anything that you've experienced that's been amazing, crazy, hilarious? Oh, yeah. Let's like, you know, let's settle in and get ready to go into this uh, yeah, sometimes yeah, crazy yeah, and fun world of bartending. I make it different every single time. <laughs> Some I never expect it. That was good, Matt. <laughs> Thank you. I tried. <laughs> it wasn't the best effort I've ever made. <laughs> uh... Well, actually, yeah, no, I've got, I've done a lot of crazy things. I was not going to say something's going to be too incriminating about what's happened <laughs> no in the bar world. But um, one of the coolest opportunities that I've got to go through um, just two years ago was um, a, a guy reached out and he was looking to do this really adventurous um, trip and he needed a bartender for it. He was a, what he was described as in a culinary trip of a lifetime through Canada. So he had four really well-known chefs from across Canada, and he was um, he had a booked out a plane and uh, partnered with Air North, and they were going to fly through the Arctic to the most um, remote regions of Canada through the north. And every place we stopped off, we're going to work with local chefs and find local food and do meals. So it started in Vancouver, went up to Whitehorse, across to Yellowknife, then into Tur- uh, Saint Rankin Inlet in the middle of the country. And these places are so remote that there's nothing out there. Like they have to get everything brought in by train or flown in. So if your car breaks down, they just leave it there because you can't get the car out of the area. Oh my gosh. We ended up into a Calumet. So a lot of these are dry counties. And I'm flying in with a plane packed to the rafters of booze. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's amazing. Smuggling runs. And I don't know if you've ever bartended on a plane before, but when it's a private plane, you can pretty much do it if you want. So I had a... On the tarmac, unloading the bottom of the plane, loading it back up, just walking on it, be sitting there as we're taking off with a nice blade or knife, cutting up oranges to make old fashions or coffees or whatever it was in the aisle. So you think about you can't even like get through with a small thing of bitters in a plastic bag without getting harassed or pulled to the side. I'm sitting there putting whatever in the tarmac and then taking off and like cutting uh, fruit up with a knife in the back galley. Oh, that's so cool. Holy shit. And that was 10 or 12 days of that, and it was amazing. Wow. But there were 70 guests on board. If you wanted to fly yourself to all these regions, it would have cost like twenty or $30,000. But we had these people because we organized this private tour. We got to eat um, really, really good food, like seal carpaccio. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. What? It is really, really good. And it's all it's all kind of region specific, right? Yeah. It's very so like the chefs would go out. They, like I was foraging with local foragers in the mountains, and I'd come back and make drinks with what I uh, pulled off the trees that night for the dinner. And Freaking these people amazing. are just eating that. You're like you're doing all of that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, people were just eating and drinking, but seventy people with only one bartender for ten days. Oof, yeah. You guys probably yeah. became really good friends. Oh, really good friends. We still chat to them now, and we still ca- they come in and see me. And they um, bring the uh, kids in to see me at work, and we go. We actually go out and have dinner and stuff. So yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I've never heard a story like this before. Yeah. I, yeah, it's amazing. just a and it just the plane just flew you the whole way. Like yeah. it was the same crew and everything like same that. Same crew. We had the same guys for ten days. So it was like a private tour, and the chefs were on board. So we we're just hanging out with the chefs the whole time. And then every place we landed, the chefs would do a really nice dinner for everyone. And work with the local team, and I'd be there cooking, uh, doing the bartending, and drinks, and helping serve. What's like one of the most unique things that you like foraged for? Oh, that you utilize in the drink, or yeah, around the menu, yeah. Well, I mean, we went foraging for candy cap mushrooms. Have you ever tasted them before? I don't Mm-mm. think so. No. So these uh, mushrooms you can't cultivate; you have to find them uh, wild, and they don't taste like a, a fungusy mushroom. When you actually eat it or put it into a drink, it tastes like maple and curry spice. What? Yeah, so I did. Where a, are those? 
growing? Uh, west coast of North America, the okay. higher up. So I did a quick infusion into a into a rye whiskey and did like a a mushroom Manhattan spiced riff. I want that. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a really, really cool trip. Wow. Yeah, to put it mildly, that's it's like one of those life-altering ones, you know, yeah. like you've... Yeah, every Canadian that I spoke to was extremely jealous because they said, you've done a trip that no Canadian will ever get to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think a majority of people yeah. I don't think will yeah. ever get to do. And it's only, like have they done that trip of, like again or is They've it... They've done it once. Um, it's obviously a lot to organize, so they're yeah. planning to do it... Um, they're planning to do it uh, in next year as well. Mm-hmm. When did you do that? Uh, last summer. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Super recent. Okay. Yeah, last summer. And so obviously going through the Arctic at night when the sun never goes down. <laughs> I think we're at like um, one night we're just at the pubs on the water with some locals. And then someone says, we should probably go to bed. It's three o'clock and the sun was still up. And this is like, oh, you just lose That's track. That's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds incredible. I've never even, oh my gosh. Yeah, just on a plane, which I, I don't know. I love flying. So it's, it's one of those things that sounds incredible. I have like, a follow-up trip that I did with this company that I can tell you about really quick. Yeah, go for it. So the, the airline, that was one whole trip and we get to do it again next year. The airline um, loved, loved my work so much. Well, they said it was so great having you on. It's given us some ideas. So they said, can you come back in the winter? And like, how cold is it up there? <laughs> like it's freezing. But um, they were doing a similar trip, but there was uh, to see the Northern Lights. So normally when you go, because the, the Northern Lights is a weather pattern, so you can't actually see it. Like you could fly there and plan a trip to see them, but you don't know if you're ever going to see it because oh. it could be 100 kilometers that way. Mm-hmm. But if you have a plane, you could just fly at it. So we got four and a half hours of fuel, loaded up the plane. We took off at 11 o'clock at night. And then just flew into the sky and just flew at the northern lights. <laughs> and I was making, I had little glow-in-the-dark ice cubes, kind of cheesy, I know. But I was doing um, Aurora 360 that cocktails. That's not cheesy, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not upset about that. I'll, I'll, I'll put an umbrella in a drink. I don't care. It was cool. So because the plane was completely dark, I did these little green uh, flashing lights in a little like a blue Aurora drink with pea flower and cucumber oh twirls. Oh, my God. So everyone had, in the drink had these little green uh, Aurora drinks. And then once I had everyone a cocktail, I got to go sit in the cockpit, uh, oh, cockpit with say. the pilots and, and just, just yeah. sit there and just, I just sat with my own drink and just looked out the front window and just looked at the sky as like falling down and dancing at the same time. I'm really what? glad we're becoming friends right now because <laughs> I need to go on some of these trips. Yeah, that is so cool. That's such a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and you did this like you were just and you were bartending this whole time too, just, and just a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing! Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, we just make drinks in like the ground and try to just drown our sorrows afterwards. I want to make, make a drink in the air. Yeah, that's, that's, a, be my that's next such a goal. unique thing. Yeah, like an airplane bartending. Because I've, I've heard the world cruises and stuff like that's where a kind of a thing where you can become like family almost with the people you're with because you're with them for so long. Yeah. But that's such a unique experience and, you know, it's so different too. To share something like that with people, it's just, it's, it's insane. Yeah. And then I, we went up into their, um, we went and got some lo- local Indian, we saw some local Indian throat singing. Oh yeah, that's incredible. Sorry, I oh yeah. yeah, throat yeah. singing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it or heard of it. I have it's heard. Where of they it. battle with it, and we're way up on a river in the north, and we just a little fire, and I'm just like trying to do hot toddies off of this tiny little fire in the snow. It was just <laughs> 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 what? It was pretty un- unbelievable. It was good. You yeah. Know, when did you in your career did you start doing this traveling so much with bartending? 
Uh, I think it was probably after 2014 when you started doing well in competitions. That's when people started asking you to, you know, attend distilleries and events, travel around, do pop-ups for events, come down here. And then it's when you start networking more and more and more. Then people, if you obviously do a good job, they want you to come back and, you know, work with more people. This one actually came up through Fairmont because with the trip that started at um, the hotel, uh, the Vancouver airport at the Fairmont. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to do like, because of the clientele that's paying for it, they wanted to do like, you know, like Fairmont cocktails in the sky. Because most of our clientele travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of the the idea of the tie-in. That's how I got brought through with it. And then, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's, a, yeah that's crazy. I've never, like, you never heard of that before. It's one of those things that I never even thought about. <laughs> how long yeah. have you been with the Fairmont Group? Uh, eight years. Eight years. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. It's pretty pretty good company. Yeah, I'll yeah. Say. <laughs> they sound awesome. Oh, you guys hiring? Yeah, yeah, Jesus, that's so cool. You guys need a podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that's super unique. I, yeah, I've never I never heard a story like that for yeah, sure. I think like right now it's like it's probably the golden age of bartending where you know everyone's getting to like see more and travel more. It's like it's the industry's picking up more and more, being a lot more respected. So oh yes, I think now now's a great time if you you know you work hard and do a good job. Yeah, it can become a like you can actually follow a passion in it, you know. Yeah. Like it becomes more than just like a job, you know, yeah. which I think is super cool. And yeah. it's like it's awesome, you know. It tells meeting these people that are that are like literally into it, like, and they want to stay in it. Yeah, know? well, that's how it started. I was at, I was working at a pub and I was uh, studying hospitality and tourism because I thought that would take me into a career, not the bartending aspect, mm-hmm. but they actually worked hand in hand to go together. Is it funny how life just happens? Yeah, <laughs> it all kind of unravels and unfolds the way. Kind of, mm-hmm. you want it. Yeah. It's weird. Um, yeah. First off, I want to thank you so much for coming and spending time and telling your stories. I'm wanting to talk to you for like an entire hour episode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like seriously. a five hour episode. <laughs> I feel like we can talk for freaking ever about your adventures. Mm-hmm. But do you want to, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to tell listeners? Anything that you, like upcoming stuff you're doing or advice or anything mm-hmm. you want to let people know? Yeah. And like where they can find you for sure. Oh, well. <laughs> if you're not flying up in the air, you know. Yeah, if no, anyone like... wants to hire you for their <laughs> private jet for yeah. a night. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm behind the behind the bar at Fairmont Pacific Rim in Botanist, as I mentioned earlier, in the lobby bar. Yeah, I don't know. I think just hotels are a much better place to drink. Believe in them because, you know, it's more, that's the experience people go to for and you can actually get they're not stuffy bars anymore they're yeah. like gonna start leading the world again because the bartenders you get there are actually very professional so i don't cool. know that they, they care about what they do i'd say just enjoy it i 100% yeah agree i respect with that. that for yeah. sure good job and keep it up man All right. Seriously. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much that, that was incredible and I, yeah, yeah and, and i want you to come on a full episode and, uh, <laughs> right. next time you're in la and we'll sit down and like right. make yeah. we'll make cocktails and perfect talk, let's do it talk some more tales yeah well, it's, we're only a few hours away so then let's do it yeah Dude, that'd yeah, be amazing. Super down. yeah we'll come up and see you yeah, yeah that sounds like a better idea okay, honestly come up to vancouver you guys will yeah. love it have you been before no, no never. i've been. always wanted to go too Vancouver's a beautiful city yeah yeah that'd be amazing Jeez, yeah super down for that my kind of traveling <laughs> well grant thank you so much oh my gosh jesus i can't even get over it <laughs> my, my kind of traveling. i haven't even been out of the country so i'm like i need to get do something really <laughs> yeah never what yeah i've never been out of the country i've been to almost all the states in the united states but i haven't been out of out of the united states wow let's go on a trip yeah you guys should yeah come yeah. to canada it's just say yeah, you can do road it trip yeah it. it's not that hard for no. sure yeah. Uh, see, Adele, she already looked it up. She already booked the ticket. She just booked the ticket. I love how she works. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Dude, Grant, you're, awesome. you're a gem. 
thanks guys yeah, thank thanks you awesome so much for, for coming up here and, and, and spending some of your time no and we'll, we'll definitely see you at the event perfect yeah let's... we're gonna come see you and drink old fashions yes yeah. please do let's hear a drink later yeah, yeah. yeah. sounds good to me awesome alright all right. cheers cheers <laughs> wasn't that awesome great interviews well uh, let's segue into some uh, street tales we took at Tales of the Cocktail we're on the streets talking on talk tales, talk street talks, <laughs> street, talk. um, street 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 talking here. And so we have we just pulled this guy uh, off the street on the sidewalk in front of Hotel Monteleon. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Indeed, yes. I'm Joel from Winnipeg, Canada. All right, Canada on the street. <laughs> on the street. Mad walking, mad talking on the streets. Yeah, we're asking everyone on the streets if they got stories from behind the stick and beyond. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the weird thing for me is, I mean, uh, 10 years ago when I started bartending, I had a, there was a seminar that I attended from, a, she called herself a mixologist from Toronto, um, a big city in Canada, where she taught us that balance is key, lemon juice, simple syrup, you know, the, the stuff that we hold so dear now, the basics. And I attended that uh, seminar, and I, I knew even 10 years ago that balance is important. And then for some weird reason, you know, because I was working in a place that didn't have a program that supported that kind of real bartending, years and years passed, and then it was only four or five years ago that I really got into craft cocktails, even though I knew about simple syrup and I knew how to make it, and I, I made it 10 years ago, but I kind of just forgot about it for five years, I guess. And the yeah. weirdest thing is, is that when you before you get into it, before you get into craft cocktails, before you make your first batch of simple syrup, you might think, wow, that's hard, or what is that? That's so weird and crazy, right? But it was later on, so four or five years ago, well, I guess even longer now, I, I keep forgetting what year it is, but um, I got into a, a better program, a better bar, and I said to my mentor, my manager, I said, like, how the hell do you, like, simple syrup, like, I, I get it, I've made it before, but like, what about, like, raspberry syrup, and what about all these other syrups? Well, and I, I just think that I didn't really get it, you know? And then when I started to do it, I really started to get it. And that exposure, that inclusion, the mentorship, the manager that's there to help you is so important because once you get past that and you realize, oh, this is actually really easy, it's just the floodgates open for creativity and for the ability to learn. It's just confidence, you know? Like when we're kids, people, adults tell us all the time, practice makes perfect, you know, when we're children. And you don't really get it until you go, you practice, you grind, you take first or you win a sports competition or whatever. You've got to see the results yeah. of that hard work to really understand it and build that confidence. Dude, that's fantastic. Um, thank you for sharing that with our listeners and with us. I think it's a good lesson to learn for like anyone in life. And then anyone who's listening who's interested in bartending, uh, mm -hmm. it's sound, sound advice. And just like work hard and, and you'll get there. Stay vertical, yeah. And I mean, always having a, a mentor is important. People ask me a lot, like, how do I find a mentor? And I think the most important thing to do is just to get into the local community groups, the guilds, the USBG. That's how you network with those people. Or you just walk up to them and you... you you just say, hey, can you help me, please? Like the H word. I, I tell people the H word. It's very powerful. Help. Help me understand. Help me. How do I do this? People and people do react to that. Yeah. People, they do. People want to help. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for taking time with us. We really, really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, come visit us in Canada sometime soon. Done. Challenge accepted. Party on, y'all. Have a good tales. Party on. Okay, hello everybody. This one is really exciting for us here. We got another interview in room happening. Uh, I'm just going to go straight out and introduce a Mezcal brand, which we're always really happy to be tasting and sipping on some Mezcal. 
and this one specifically, we have Jim and Bolt with two amazing women who uh, are uh, owners, operators of this company. We have Elliot Kuhn and Adrina, 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 you got yes. it. Nice. You got, got it. it. I, I, I stopped for a second. I was like, check myself and powered on through. There you go. Yeah. Uh, welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to come and sit with us in our hot, our amazing studio here at uh, Talk Tales. This is a party <laughs> Tales and Cocktail. Loving Love this it. studio. Thank you for having us. Super fun. Absolutely. Um, let's let's get right into this thing. Uh, you created this amazing mezcal, and let's talk specifically about the product right now. First of all, a, a lot of our listeners uh, may or may not be in the industry, so um, as much detail and information that you can let them know would be awesome. Sure, of course. So Gem and Bolt is it's a mezcal made with espadín agave, which is the most cultivatable um, species of agave, and it is a joven, meaning it has not been aged. It is distilled with damiana, and um, it's a it's a traditional production, as traditional as it gets, roasted in earth pit ovens milled by traditional Tejona stone, which is a massive stone that you couldn't possibly move with your body if you tried. It's pulled by horse um, to mill the, the roasted agave, and it's naturally fermented, so which means no additives at all. Natural fermentation means that based on the environment, basically whatever, which means it's also less of a science and more of an art, which is something that attracts both of us, attracted both of us to the, the process originally. One of the many things that made us fall in love with mezcal and we distill with Damiana. We add the Damiana in the second distillation. Yeah, can you explain what the uh, Damiana is? Damiana is a very, very special herb that you find all over the Americas. You find it both in the lower United States, wherever it's dry, basically throughout the Americas, even into South America. And uh, we call it a heart opener. Uh It is very connective and makes people happy. It's (laughs) elevating. It's distinctly elevating. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's a wild bush. So it's a flowering bush. A flowering bush to we like to say. Is that something that's <laughs> typically added to mezcal or is that specific to your brand? Not in the commercial world, but it actually, it's sort of, um, we call it traditional revolutionary distillation, which is that it actually is traditional. It's, um, uh, so Damiana is native to Mexico and it thrives in the same climate that agave thrives. So it makes sense that they dance well together. They marry well together. Um, there is a distinct tradition of infusing all sorts of herbs in mezcal in Oaxaca and also in other states. And there's a distinct tradition of infusing mezcal with Damiana in Guerrero. But we actually didn't know that. (laughs) We were using Damiana long before we ever landed in Oaxaca. Um, And yeah, so it's around. But then when we, we came after many years of infusing it ourselves and throwing lots of wild out-of-the-box parties, we introduced it as a commercial product to the world. It's very well-received, so. Wow. Yeah, that's that, that's some uh, new concept for me as far as the mezcal goes, so I'm really stoked to be able to taste it, and uh, it does it. Uh, I put a smile on my face. <laughs> Do you feel it? <laughs> is it working? It is. It's warming me up and making me very happy. I would say like, the smile, there's a very distinct smiley eye that comes from the mezcal with the Damiana, and you both have it. The <laughs> smile. <laughs> Perfect. That's so awesome. Um, what was your influence to decide to get into this line of, well, I'm going to say art? Oh, I like that. I like that I like approach. That. Well, we were an artist duo before we started Gem and Bolt. And Gem and Bolt as a project 
was Gemma Bolt before it was a mezcal. So there was a very natural, organic uh, progress procession that is very difficult to explain. But the basis was that we wanted to step outside of the art world and do a project that was both art-based and brought plant information to the world. And we wanted to do it in through the celebration side door. Mm -hmm. So we had done a lot of that in the shows and artwork that we did together. And then, yeah, that's how Gem and Bolt started. It was with that intention. And also the intention to support ourselves as artists and to a business venture that we had no idea what that meant at that point. And um, to support other artists moving forward. So we collaborate with a lot of people. Wow, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. um, and specifically mezcal, was there something, was there a point where you had tasted mezcal or there was a travel experience or what was the one that like that you knew that's the direction you wanted to go? We were living in Mexico and we started making our Damiano elixir with mezcal because we, re well, we fell in love with mezcal and we realized that it's very high in alcohol and you need that to make an elixir or a tincture. And we were like, oh, this is so perfect. And then it, along the same uh, avenue there, we started using it in our cocktails during the art events and speakeasies. Oh. We had quite a few speakeasies and pop-ups and wild out-of-the-box experiential yeah. <laughs> yeah. happenings that we threw. It was it was a much more organic process than sort of we never really set out at any point to say we're going to have a mezcal brand and we're going to, you know, with a trajectory it was much more, like I mentioned before, Gem and Bolt is an adventure story. I see it as an adventure story. It's just sort of evolved and unfolded and we fortunately both operate on a very instinctive level and we both trust one another's instincts so there's been this ability to just sort of leap and we've had ideas and then we've leapt and then we have another idea and we turn right and then we just go and so it's been a very creative, adventurous process. Man, it sounds like it. What a like uh that like uh life to like just live and let it unravel as it goes it's pretty amazing follow your nose <laughs> follow your nose and your taste buds yeah <laughs> i yeah I, I get it for sure it's kind of like oh this podcast started <laughs> yeah oh i'd love to know throwing, that story throwing into the wind and seeing where it went no it's like it almost just transcends a brand it's more of just like a feeling and like all that stuff and the way you describe it it's like amazing i love that yeah, yeah. it's like an art form. Speaking more about the actual bottle itself, the branding is quite attractive and a distinct look for this bottle, and it does really pop out to your eyes and everything. Do, do you, what's the ideas behind it? Well, the name and the whole brand as far as branding goes. Well, the names are really, Ellie, you want to take that? was such a good story. Which about the, Walt, the... I, I can't do the mini version. Can you do the mini? It's a very long story. It's a long story. I could t I could tell it over the course of about a, two hours with a lot more mezcal. But I could, I could do the elevator version, which is basically that we were this artist duo that would stepped out of the art world and started to do all sorts of, you know, we had the speakeasy in Oakland, California at the same time as we were doing sort of artist residency um experiences in Tulum, Mexico. So we were already, we had a foot in Mexico and we were, we were creating experiences for people and we wanted to, this is 10 years ago, by the this way, this is 10 okay. years ago. We wanted, we didn't know what shape the project was going to take. We just knew that we wanted to bring our experience in celebration and connectivity and herb knowledge because we grew up together in this wild renegade um, oasis, hippie oasis mm -hmm. in, it's not even hippie doesn't quite bohemian, rock and roll, rock bohemian, and roll bohemian, wild renegade <laughs> human beings in this oasis in the mountains of Virginia. We grew up together. So we had this shared background of medicinal herbs and it's just wild connective celebration. So we knew that we wanted to incorporate all of that. And when we had our speakeasies and all of our pop-ups, we were like, why are people not using medicinal herbs in the party world? Like, let's you can augment an, an ambience. You can, you can create atmosphere with medicinal herbs. So that was when we really started to go in deep with the Damiana and saw that people just 
responded to it so well and we're super 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 excited about it but yeah and we called ourselves we started we don't know where the name came from that's like the gist of it Gem and Bolt at one point we were like okay is it too pop I remember that part we, we, we made were fun like, of ourselves we were like, is, is it too pop and then we were like no but we're Gem and Bolt and the the pinnacle of that story really came about once we were in Oaxaca many, many, many moons later, many years later, and we were talking to a friend of ours who was a Mezcal producer who had been saying, you know, you've been infusing, you've been doing all of these things, you should start a brand, a Mezcal brand, you know. And we were like, he's like, you know, Gem and Bolt, but you, you must want one because of the Gem and the Bolt. The and we symbology. were like, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he was like, you know, the mythology of Mezcal, that the lightning bolt came from the sky and hit the gem or the pina of, or the yeah, oh, many yes. different names the of the plant and created the sap that you know as mezcal. That must be why you chose it. And we were both like, oh, no. Nope, <laughs> not <laughs> about, actually. That name just <laughs> fell out of the sky three years ago when we were, you know, uh, living guess, in another part of the world. Yeah, I guess we're going to do a brand. We'll call it Jenna Vault. Dude, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. It was a very formative yeah. moment. It was interesting. That's crazy. I, I have heard that story before, yeah. too. And mm-hmm. it was like, it's kind of like an accident. Of, and this is a all, true they story. All, are, all the <laughs> distillates are like all accidents, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. And so it's, uh, and then, so it's very uh, harmonious that it worked that way. It was a crazy moment. It still shocks me because it felt synchronistic to a very deep degree. Yeah, we couldn't really deny it at that point. We were like, fine, we'll, we'll launch the brand. We are Gemical and it's a mezcal brand, among other things. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I know, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's yeah. so fortuitous. It's just like fortuitously worked. Yeah, <laughs> it, really, it really did. Well, you know, there were all kinds of elements like that. Like one of the stories that I love is in the early days, when we were, we were hand infusing, we were calling we were Gemma Bolt, but we were still semi-resistant to the brand element, but we were bootlegging. So we were driving thousands of liters across Mexico to Tulum, and we were involved in starting a lot of those early parties that are now much larger parties, but, and we were throwing, yeah, a lot of fun gatherings with the infused mezcal. There's a lot of stories, tons of stories Adventures. we could tell you. A lot of bootlegging. What? Well, one, we love stories. We freaking <laughs> love them. That's like what I live for. Um, what? It, what do you, what would you say is has been maybe one of your struggles launching your brand? Was there any like roadblocks that made things like difficult? There have been a lot of challenges. You know, it's been really interesting. We had this this I don't know attraction to getting into business to bring artists into business that we had not been in business prior to Jim and Bolt. Been I'd had a few small businesses, but nothing like this. And we had this calling to actually be artists coming into the new wave of business and learning about business and understanding the old school structures of it and understanding that we really want to be a part of the new wave of kind of shifting the paradigm of business. That's been challenging, but also really mm-hmm. amazing. And understanding that business is actually really creative. That's been yeah, but it's been challenging. Creativity to really thrive in. That's it. a really. Uh, <clears throat> cool way to like kind of like think about that whole two step things you always think art and business are very clashing and art brains have a hard time doing the business side of things and you know likewise and so um, it's really intuitive of you guys to like really kind of connect that in a artistic way i guess or Mm -hmm. like yeah you need both brains for business but i think that the most interesting businesses have very creative people involved in Mm -hmm. um the founding of them or leading them marketing is an art form (laughs) (laughs) marketing is hard and it requires a lot of energy and thought process and uh, creative thinking for sure for sure sure. who who created the label in the uh, in the actual design of the bottle 
We worked with the, the design is a collaboration between Ellie and myself and a designer named Brogan Averill. He's out of Auckland and he's really talented. He's an artist. Yeah. We went out of our way to find a graphic designer that is deeply an artist at his core. And that could work with us. It's special (laughs) to find somebody that you can collaborate with that will um, take, you know, your creative ideas and really work with them. Yeah. And actually amplify it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, before mezcal is your is your medium now what was your art medium before we both had many mediums that we worked in we were very um multi we don't we don't tend to limit ourselves (laughs) (laughs) fabric sculptural i would say sculptural across the board um but yeah we both worked with every every material and medium under the sun i would say i did a lot of fabric based Mm -hmm. pieces but yeah, I worked with a lot of different mediums. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. When did Jim and Bolt launch? How long has it been on the market? Well, that's a complicated question. It's been on the market in the States since 2016, but mm-hmm. we were beginning playing in that world in like 2013. That's when we started we need to infu- make a hand infusing. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Nice. That's so it's pretty youngish. Super then. young. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And did the success, I mean, it's, I've actually, this is my first time trying it because I haven't been, for some reason, been to a bar that had it, but it's delicious. You gotta it's go so to the, nice. uh, the hallway. The hallway for, uh, I know, apparently <laughs> I need to get my trivia, trivia up and then like, exactly. you know, more of this. Test it's you on so your uh, trivia skills there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even if you myself. lose, you'll be happy. Yeah, I know. We <laughs> all shiny eyes. Like, that team glow. did really, they didn't get anything <laughs> right, <laughs> but they're so smiling. Like, wrong with that team He's clearly the winner. Yeah, he has the best time. Having the best time. <laughs> yeah, it's been. Have you guys uh, been at Tales before? I have. Yeah, I have. Yeah, a couple years ago, maybe four years ago, actually, a mm-hmm. while back. But this is the first time in a long time. It's the first time with Gem and Bolt that. Yeah. Oh, oh, awesome. No, we've never been as a brand. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, interestingly, we both have lived in New Orleans, so I've experienced Tales of the Cocktail many, many, many times, but not from the inside, more from oh, the outside, wow. so it's interesting. This is our first time here, too, so mm-hmm. uh, I learned the first day that uh, not to drink as much as I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pace yourself. Yeah. The hydration thing is yeah. definitely a key point, yeah. but it's what, been a blast. What would you tell uh, somebody who's beginning to get interested in Mezcal? Do you have any advice for... How, like a good way to like dive into the subject. Cause it's such a, I mean, the mezcal yeah. is such a, I mean, you get learn, it's never ending of learning on this subject. Uh, maybe like an agave, it's something about your agave that you're using some uh, details about that and information and education on that level. Well, actually to answer the first part of the question, cause I think it's very interesting how people, how people sort of approach it. You know, I, the first thing is to not approach it like tequila, which I think most people know by now, but to really sip it and savor it and take your time. Um, I think a lot of people always repeat the, you know, trust, trust your taste because what you like is not necessarily going to be what, so just like what you like and, you know, and continue to experiment. I mean, if I were really to say how to, how to really learn about mezcal is to go to Oaxaca, go to Oaxaca, go out to the fields, meet the, you know, the little producers that are producing a hundred liters a year and, you know, ask questions and go out in the fields. It's just, it's, it's, you can't, find an experience Can't beat it. that that beats that but you know barring that go to a go to a bar and ask lots of questions and try you know do tastings conduct your own tastings it's so interesting there's such a huge spectrum of flavor profiles and um yeah different mezcals but yeah about our agave 
I don't know. Anything that I missed from before? It's an espadín. It's cultivatable. It's the most cultivatable. Mm -hmm. Eight-year maturation period. There are lots of wild agave varietals out there that we're not um, using at the moment because we have chosen to stick with the, the cultivatable where we know that we can plant as much as we're harvesting and sort of, you know, maintain balance there. And continue like a sustainable product. And continue mm -hmm. a sustainable why, yes. process, yeah. Yeah. Are you nervous about the as mezcal becomes more and more popular? Because I know it's still on the on the rise, and people are more like slowly learning more and more about it. Are you nervous about the sustainability of agave and the production of mezcal? Well, I'm pretty sure Oaxaca has a magical force field around it, and I'm actually <laughs> I'm being not. serious. There are it, there are it many is... issues that are that could be a whole. 10 podcasts yeah. but I feel like where things are right now we are all moving along making decisions as brands as a community of mezcal growers that I feel like it's a very positive way at the moment I mean it's such a long this is a big subject but Espadine I feel strongly that Espadine that it's a really um, responsible agave to use and that it's sustainable as you mentioned and I feel really happy that that's what we're using um, I love the wild varietals. It's it's a hard one because they're so delicious, but yeah. you know there's only so much of them. Right. Yeah. I think sense. people should go to Oaxaca to have the wild that's, varietals. That's kind of I think you know too. it's great, <laughs> but they can't be produced in such massive quantities. So go to the source, experience you know experience the experience the wild varietals where they're coming from. Mm. Um, I, it is there are real threats. I do think as an addendum to your your point, Adrina, that you know I think. The industry learned a lot from what happened with tequila, mm -hmm. and I think that there are a lot of very protective shepherds involved with mezcal going out of their way to not allow that to happen to mezcal in the same way that it happened to, to tequila. So time will tell. I mean, real threats are there for sure. Wow. That, I mean, that's freaking awesome. I guess that's like kind of the human way. It's like you live, you learn, you see something, something happen in the past, like mm -hmm. learn from it and make sure it doesn't happen again. So. Thank you, everyone who's like working that with us now, because we definitely don't want to ruin that that the nectar yeah. of the gods. No. So special. Yeah. Don't, so special. don't ruin the nectar of the gods. <laughs> don't yeah. do yeah. it. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> not a good idea. No, not a good move. Um, well, so kind of to like wrap things up a little bit, is there anything you want to plug? Let listeners know that uh, maybe if they a way that they can ex access your product um, if they don't have it in a, a local bar, any way that they can make sure that they get to taste this amazing and beautiful spirit. Well, that's easy because on the website, which is geminbolt.com, there's a buy me section and you just put your little ad, you know, your zip code in there and it shows you not only where to buy it near you, but also where to order it. Perfect. And there are a couple oh, nice. places you can order online. So amazing. Yeah. And we're in New York and LA and Colorado and New Jersey and Mexico and the UK and Whoa, yeah. so we're in a, global. We're in a, yeah, I probably forgot somebody there, but I think you, no. I think you got yeah. it all. <laughs> Texas, I forgot. Texas, Texas. Oh, yeah, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We can't forget Texas. No, we can't forget Texas. We hear about it. Yeah. We hear about it. <laughs> You know what? I like. I want to thank you guys so much for coming out and coming down. Spend like your time from Tales to sit in our hotel room to talk on these microphones because it means a lot to us and we really do appreciate it. And I know all of our listeners are going to appreciate it too. Well, this is so fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Our the, pleasure. the way you talk about it is just so like. It's oh, it's like an amory. It really it's secretly, not even secretly. Like obviously, it's very passion. It's a very passion forward thing for you both, and it's it's like yeah. really comes through the way you talk about it. I think that's it awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank no, you. thank you for bringing it. 
Yeah. Letting me try it. Super fun. Awesome. I'll, I'll pour you some more when we get off these mics. All right. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. So the slurry. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, was I can't even get through one sentence right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put a nail in the coffin. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, Hydrate. Stay hydrated. Yeah. Hydrate. Yes. Water, water, water. Yeah. Always. No, drink water when you drink mezcal. It's really all things that are alcohol-based, but mezcal in particular because it has a lot of heat in it. So that's and the last note. I have a, I have one last note as well. <laughs> to try Gem and Bolt on for one night and don't mix it with anything else. It's a very distinct experience. And I like for people to have that experience when you really feel what the spirit feels like on its own. Just for one night. It's not even a product plug. It's a, it's a just to really get the experience of it because it's so distinct. And then there's no confusion if it was that or this or that. And, and you really, it's elevating. Yeah, See how you feel the next day. day. Yeah, See how you feel the next day. It's a, it's a special thing to discover. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, go out on cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Oh, I had a blast on that interview. What about you, Matt? It was amazing. You know what we should do? Street Tales. <laughs> yeah. All right. We are doing another Street Tales, talking tales on the streets here for Talk Tales, the podcast. Uh, we have a new friend here. Would you want to introduce yourself, your name and where you work and where you're uh, from? My name is Juliet. I work at Gramps in Miami, Florida. Awesome. Woo. You're used to the humidity, huh? Oh, yeah. This is like normal for me. It's actually pretty nice. I was expecting to be a lot worse. I was too, <laughs> actually. Yeah, we're looking out here. <laughs> so we hear you have a little story you want to share. Um, I do about how I got hired at Gramps off of Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> I started working at my last job when I was 15 years old. Started bartending there when I was 18, which was essentially just a pint glass. You count to 10 and you add a splash of soda water or whatever to it. Yeah. And any less and like your regulars would get pissed. So it was <laughs> a big mess. Um, so yeah, I was looking for a new job. I started sending my application and my resume to a bunch of places and Craigslist was, for some reason, the first place I looked. <laughs> and I sent one to this, like, really, like, low-key ad that said, just, like, essentially just said needed bartenders. And I was like, okay, I'm a bartender. So I sent one. I got an email reply back that had no information. Like, we would, two months later, I got an email reply back that said, we'd like to meet you for an interview. And uh, it didn't have, like, an address, didn't have a phone number or anything. So I'd, like, trace Craigslist ads and try and figure out where I was going to meet for an interview. And the name Gramps came up, which is, like, a pretty well-known bar in Miami in our, like, arts district. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, no way. Never thought in a million years that I would get this job. I sat down for the interview, and uh, the GM of the bar hated me. He really just did not want to hire me. And by my luck, the uh, assistant manager loved me, and so she made him hire me, and she trained me and taught me so much. And he wouldn't talk to me for like the first three or four months until he absolutely had to. It's a good warm up time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Now he is one of my best friends. He's here with me in New Orleans right now. Has he apologized for the cold shoulder for I so mean, long? He, he's told me, absolutely not. No, never. He's told me 100%. He's like, no, you weren't supposed to make it. I remember my very, I remember my very first shift. 
it was like they sabotaged me. They left me in like a well, like a half of a well with like two liquor bottles in it, none of the syrups I needed for cocktails, nothing in it. And I was like running to other bartenders' wells trying to find things, and they're all looking at me like, get, the, get out of my way. Uh, and I like had a panic attack, but like I made it through. It. And it. now, like almost four years later, I'm one of the general managers and uh, I love my job. Awesome. So, <laughs> I made Perseverance. it. Perseverance. I love it. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking some time with us and talking about cocktails. Of course. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. That was great. Oh, I love that one too. That was super fun. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh god, so funny. All right, here we go. We're, we're doing interview number two. Yeah, we are. Uh, but who's counting? Yeah, we I are. am. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so yeah, let's like I, let's get into it. We're gonna compile some audio, and this is the second interview. Matt, you want to do the honor? Yeah. Today uh, we got we hustled them at the uh, pool bar. We got Jacob O'Connor with us today. Woo! Hey, what's up, bud? You guys make me feel so welcome. This is amazing. <laughs> it's a is little that... bit like America, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is how we do We're kind of like that. Yeah. We're, yeah, we sit in a hot hotel room that I turn the AC off. Oh, I, I fixed that already. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. yeah Take man. me and rape and pillage me through bars through yeah. LA and find me really vulnerable in uh, New Orleans That's at right. Tales of the Cocktail. <laughs> so, enough. You've met him before. Yes, I know. This is a really cool interview because uh, we have had yeah. a connection before, uh, right? Right before we all ventured out to Tails, which we are here now, uh, I walked into the bar I work at, Coles, and uh, my coworker was like, hey, I have someone for you to meet. And I was like, okay, cool. And Jacob was sitting there, and I'm like, what's up? Who are you? And I was like the guy that had to wait an hour for her to turn up. It's like, Shanna, where you been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah. I walked into Coles. I, um, I heard through the grapevine of this amazing story, and... Uh, I guess part of my journey to America is not just to come to Tales, it's about collecting eight original signature cocktails. Oh, Nuts. yeah, I forgot that you had a mission. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. a mission, and I've got my little notebook, and I, I write these drinks in, I learn the story about the bartender. I'm, um, You know, for us back at Liquid Infusion in Melbourne, we're a mobile bar service. It's about something, a point of difference for us, and getting a bit of value out of this experience apart from myself and... Uh, yeah, hanging out with Nathan. I started off with a prony pint. Really boring just to test him, but he stayed intrigued for a little while. And then he <laughs> came to drink and he said, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to Tales. And he said, look, you know, funny small world. Yeah. Shana was uh, going to Tales and being part of the media crew, which brings me here today. I know. Like, it was all, like, meant to happen. And then yeah. they had a wild night out in L.A., and he got like the full LA, LA experience. And I actually he's... paid for a uh, a nightclub pub crawl, but stashed it. <laughs> I didn't end up doing it. I, I went out with Nathan and uh, saw some incredible bars, uh, drank some amazing drinks, and I guess felt something that's completely different from down under, like uh, from New Zealand, where I'm originally from, and in Australia. This world is uh, unique, incredible. Mm. The people are warm and fun, and uh, I guess. For me, you know, as long as I don't uh, tip myself too hard, I should be okay here. <laughs> it's, a it's a slippery struggle. slope here. It's, yeah, but that's all right. As I am yeah. finding out very, very mm. clearly. Mm -hmm. I'm hungover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shana's not doing that great today. I had a day off yesterday, so I feel amazing. So um, I guess half the thing in this industry is uh, the care factor for each other has got to always be there. 
Yeah. And that's really important. That's true. Oh, Everyone's then, been really helpful in, yeah. in my journey of recovery today. <laughs> our, our, yeah. What was it? Our breakfast server like totally just gave us a, a bunch of ice so we could chill the Pedialyte when we... <laughs> yeah, she's like, just go around the corner, go to Walgreens, get yourself some Pedialyte. Here's a cup full of ice. You'll uh, be fine. so hospitable. They, yeah. It's been nothing but like hair since we've gotten here and it's just so mm. cool. It's like, oh yeah, this is what happens when you get a bunch of like-minded hospitality people in one giant hotel do you guys want to hear about three cocktails i got so far real yeah, quick i'll just do it real quick yeah, so, yeah. um and where do you and where you have found them yeah, yeah yeah cool so um that's interesting story so nathan howard of coles um he uh was commissioned to make cocktails down in mexico and he showed me this amazing drink i can't pronounce it but i'm going to try can't i'm going i can't pronounce it <laughs> i'm gonna keep to my uh, accent here oh wait did you just do an american accent i did yeah, <laughs> yeah i went to dodger stadium uh, yeah, <laughs> night. welcome to dodger stadium o'connor uh sarah de la Sar, mountain of the saddle and this guy um you know he blew me away a rye benedictine april sinar drink dressed in a coupe sexy with a little bit of an orange flash the video is going to be a liquid infusion you got to check it out it's going to be amazing. But cocktail number one from Nathan was a really cool start. And I think it really was the birth of meeting yourself. Yeah. My journey, man. <laughs> Getting out of the hotel, I was a bit worried. Arriving in Los Angeles, you know, being a little Kiwi boy, just going, <laughs> what the hell? You know? That's and, a uh, big city to tackle. It's yeah. a big city to tackle when you haven't been used to it before. And uh, for me, I think the boundaries I've created, you know, uh, 25 years in the bar game, you have a lot of confidence. You, you 25 live years. You 25 years, think, man. Oh I'm 43. Gosh. I was born in 60, the 12th, 1974, and I look like a baby to my age. <laughs> when I used to try and get into bars when I was 18 in New Zealand, when I was 20, I used to have a paper license, and I used to like head to the bar and you'd just look at uh, sorry, the doorman, you look at me and go, yeah. Can you sign it? Oh, man, I've got this they down. They hassle you. <laughs> so I drink from 10 to 5 in the morning, uh, go to work next day, and that was me. <laughs> drink well, number two. You're um, thus far the longest as many as much as years ago bartender that we've had on. Great. Yeah, yeah. 43 is really um, outstanding for me because I guess I've always lived and breathed the game my entire life. I've repped for companies like 42 Below, uh, Sky Volca. Um, I've represented um, alcohol brands through Scotland. I've uh, I do master classes. I've had an incredible journey with alcohol and bartending, and I think for me, it's it's me, and there's not ever going to be a change. Right. Which is kind of strange because there's no friends at my own age that either live if they've tried to keep up with me or they have families and just aren't with me right now. Right. So I guess I get away with it with my looks a little bit, but um, <laughs> for me personally, it's what I am. I'm still continuing. I'm still growing in the journey. So cocktail number two, Chanel, Chanel. Bordeaux, uh, a new club in LA called Ciro. Uh, Chanel came down after about an hour or so, got away again. It's a bit like Shana. You know, <laughs> celebrity. <laughs> celebrity. <laughs> and, um, you know, hibiscus is the native flower of Australia. And um, she surprised us again with a obviously a coupe cocktail. And... Um, like I say, coupe. Coupe. Yeah, yeah. coupe is like... Um, Obviously, the in Australia, you really only see a coupe with espresso martini. Oh. Yeah, yeah. What else? Uh, what is up drinks going? Uh, always in the V-line martini glass. Oh, okay. Or like a shorter or tall. Built, shake, and stir, whatever you want to do. But coupe is reserved for the espresso martini in Australia. Interesting. It yeah. is. It's totally weird. And there's some weird spirits on here that I don't really know. But anyway, <laughs> so a Casamigos Anejo, Dark Tequila. <laughs> nice. Beautiful. How <laughs> Macocor. 
and hibiscus, hibiscus vodka. Um, I know the flower from Australia. It's a beautiful thing. We use it in champagne. Um, we would do arrival drinks at weddings. We do a lot of private weddings, celebrity stuff. We did Ash London from Fox FM. Huge shout out to you, Ash London. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a band to introduce you to. I'm in LA. That's sick. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to grab it off my phone in a minute. Got to give them a shout out. They were amazing. Uh, yeah, two ounces of Camigos, Anejo, Hibiscus Vodka. Uh, we got a little bit of OJ, quarter ounce, bit of love there. Um, honey, incredible. She did a little just honey infusion, two to one. And her drink uh, was, I don't know how I can describe it, had an edible flower, it was a garnish. I use a lot of that in Australia. It's massive for me. Edible gold, edible silver is a bit of a trend for us. Yeah. Her oh, drink awesome. is, yeah. You know, I think it's all, the garnish is like being a chef because. I had a sparkly cocktail yesterday. Yeah, sparkles, man. Like, I like them. It's just, that, that, I don't silver know. in winter? Have you ever seen a snowman? Is that the wrong line? It is, isn't it? Yeah. You know <laughs> Yeah, I watched Deadpool yesterday and I realized that's a takeoff. It was really disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Never anyway. seen it. Haven't oh, you God. seen Deadpool 2? Uh-uh. Ne- yeah. Neither. Oh, What's the actual line, Mike? Throw it at me. Oh, jeez. I don't remember it. I'm trying to think Have of the part. Have you ever built a snow? Tell me. Come Wait, on. isn't you ever that built like a frozen? Snowman? Frozen. Yeah. But it's like, it's like a joke that he did in it. I'm, fuck, I'm trying to remember what... Oh, there's a joke in the thing about... Yeah, there's yeah. a movie that it's actually been taken off. It's like, why does no one even know that? <laughs> Basically, because no one old enough is watching Deadpool. Ah. <laughs> but that's it. But anyway, cocktail number three. Um, man, after a few days in LA and then jumping in an Uber, finally realizing I could take an Uber because I took a yellow cab and... Oh, boo! Paid $67. Oh, yeah, no. But yeah, you know, it's all right. That's, and then I tits almost well. a, It's almost a rarity. Like, those cabs are hard. Yeah, I'm surprised you even by. found one. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. He was uh, he was from Somalia. Oh, okay. I was yeah, hoping for an authentic sense. LA experience. I was bitterly happy because he was kind of fun. And <laughs> nice. we chatted the that's whole good. way. It could, like, go, it could go the other direction. Well, that's, good, that's good advice there. So if anyone is listening, mm. is traveling to uh, LA or United States, yeah. definitely take the Ubers. It's a lot cheaper. For yeah, sure. I think when you land on ground level through international, um, there's escalators to go upstairs. It's ride share. It's it's well and truly pointed out. Don't be afraid. I was just dumbfounded because I've been on a plane 15 hours. I hadn't slept the night like, before. Get I was trying me to work out of it. here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then, dude, LAX Customs is horrendous. Yeah. yeah. It's an experience. She wasn't happy. I tried to make her laugh. Nope. No, it didn't really work. <laughs> I, I didn't even say it's sweet t- ass. It didn't work. <laughs> sweet ass. Yeah, sweet ass. That's another story. That's, that a, whole, that's a whole other story. To about that. <laughs> oh, what's the next cocktail? Yeah. yeah, so the next cocktail, jump straight on. Um, on the plane from Houston through to New Orleans, I met a man. Mm-hmm. This I've man had been in Mexico for a long time with his beautiful girlfriend. And as I just tick over through my book here, just bear with me. I've got to find it. Okay. All right, cool. We're on the back of pickle juice, by the way, with Jameson. Ooh, pickle juice. Yeah, I threw that in as well. I um, Have you America. ever had a pickleback before? Never. Oh. A pickleback is incredible. Um, they make their own pickle juice here. Um, obviously, uh, we've got uh, jalapeno, habanero uh, vinegar. Uh-huh. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, really beautiful drink. You have a 45-mil shot of Jameson in Australia, New Zealand. We don't even go past 30. <laughs> so get ready for America, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she gets wild. Yeah, she we gets also, we really also don't different. Speak in milliliters. That often. no, we speak yeah. in mils and kilometers and uh, a Actually, lot of other variations. Frankly, we do sometimes makes sense, but you know, know we're different. I won't, but we we have a different. It's, it's we have a stupid system here. Yeah, it's I don't know. Well, so no, you plus world. tax and you obviously um, you tip, which is called gratuity here. 
which I've learned out, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. Why don't you let but everyone had, know that yeah, when you're from I, out of okay. town, you should tip in America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, I, um, I've probably over-tipped more often than not. Sometimes I've had a couple of times gratuity's been included. But I guess I guess the biggest thing is that people make you feel so warm. When you arrive in L.A., it's... Yeah, I look into these guys' eyes right now. I can see their love already. Yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can feel it. They're laid back. Um, they're willing to look after you. You can walk down. I, I look. I walked through Skid Row in the afternoon. I had a great after day there. I went down first. <laughs> Nice. I walked down to Sixth Street, got on a calls. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I went to Dodgers Stadium and saw a ball game and sat with guys. I've been going there for 35 years. You know, watched the Dodgers win, bought a cap. God damn it. I bought a souvenir. Yeah. I'm going to wear it in the bar when I'm back there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You'll have many friends. Would oh. people know what that hat meant? The hat man, um, well, it's a blue cap with a little white dot on the tap that says L.A. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's so LA they probably Dodger would think that, that just means L.A. rather than it means Dodgers. Yeah, good call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could have got a D on it, I suppose, but the wall was massive. I got really overwhelmed. Well, that's And I said, dude, one. my head's, you know, and he actually went through sizing with me. I've never had a sizing chart. Yeah, he sussed it. <laughs> well, that's, that's the classic Dodger hat. <laughs> yeah. Now, next to the most exciting part of this little cocktail journey before we get to the Tales experience is uh, Chris Luther Ringshausen. Uh, Chris, big shout out to you, my friend. He's from Risotto's Italian Rest and Chop House. I'm pretty sure that his surname might be a piss take because I know that Shalzen means shit. So I'm not quite sure. Sorry if excuse the uh, language profanity there. No, nope, uh, we cuss. We, it's not a thing. They, yeah, those guys were in love. <laughs> I, I sat next to a couple. We started talking. He was so G'd up to get home, back to New Orleans. He's been a week in Mexico drinking tequila. He was more shattered than you are right now, Shanna. <laughs> he was almost at death, and I told him my story, much like what we've had now. Talked about pickle juice, pickleback. <laughs> nice. And I said, man, like, I'd be really honored if you shared cocktail number three with me. So he did. So uh, without so cool. any further ado, I haven't tasted this. I made videos, and I drank the drinks of those other ones, but um, this guy came out with a hindrance-driven uh, cocktail that's pretty much dressed in a rocks glass absinthe wash has anyone ever heard of that so i'm thinking it's a chilled rocks glass absinthe wash through swilled a little bit like uh churchill had with his vermouth with his gordon's gin he's rinsed it in a mixing glass he's got hendrix gin cherry hairy liqueur um pedridos aperitivo huh do you know it let me see it read that and help me out oh patience Peshots, uh-huh. yeah. Aperitivo, It's okay, yeah. man. When you're down it's under, kind of it's uh, hard to, to... Similar to like Aperol. Correct. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, super light. Yeah, yeah, super light. Passion fruit and lemon juice. Um, this cocktail's yet to be tried. I'll just put it out there. But just the pure moment and my timing, everything from Shanna, meeting her via Nathan at Coles, uh, hitting to at the Hilton, sitting with the cocktail bartender there that threw me at Coles. All the whole journey is just seems to be all the time just meant to be oh yeah Yeah. and now we're here and i met mike uh you know (laughs) yeah and obviously he's the co-host and he hasn't had a chance to talk because normally anyone that knows jacob (laughs) (laughs) o'connor i'm I'm like you need to get get yourself one of these yeah Yeah, seriously dude like it's it's i need to drop my voice down a bit (laughs) but hey chill drink um really cool uh stay tuned we're going to have a full list of the eight um my boss Big shout out to Ben Newman. He was at Tales last year. He sent me here. He's totally shout this trip. It's triple lifetime for me. Dude, 
amazing. Uh, you know, Thanks like for I'm sending gonna, him. Yeah, yeah. I live and breathe booze. You know, some people hate me for it. Some people love me for it. I kind of, I see it as a, uh, a passion and probably an exploration into my inner self. But anyway, that's my <laughs> story. Whoa, we're getting yeah. deep here on cocktails right no, now. It's, it's so cool. But speaking yeah. of cocktails, why, why don't we go into a little yeah, storytelling? Yeah, let's, uh, let's settle in. Yeah. You know, maybe get yourself something to sip on. I know we, yeah. we've been we've sipping. We are sipping. My drink's over there. I need to go get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. And uh, let's, yeah, go through this crazy journey of bartending, huh? Let's do it. Woo. Let's see what we got. Yeah, so um, 18, I was working in a bank of uh, New Zealand in Wellington. And being a banker, you know, like my mum was a banker, so I got into banking. I had no idea. Telling was fun. I counted money and gave it out. But in New Zealand banking culture back in the 90s, it was all about the drinking. Hmm. We had a five-story office building that had a purpose-built bar in it. Anyway, that's, yeah, that's where it started. A A bar and a bank. Get it. It's it's (laughs) not even that long ago. Anyway, there was this cocktail bar called Bokegani, and they had Verve Champagne on the glass, and I went in there, and there's a guy called Prashan Pili. Prashan um, was an amazing uh, mixologist, but flair bartender for Bacardi. Mm. People will know who Prashan is. Um, he, yeah, a little bit of a special guy. And I was sitting there watching him and he goes, man, you're into this. And I said, dude, I wouldn't mind coming behind. And he, he took me behind and he taught me a Mai Tai. And from there on, I started working in the bank at eight. I'd finish at five. I'd be straight at the bar by 5.30, five days a week. I'd do bank and nightclub every night. Sometimes I'd go out after work. <laughs> And I would stay out all night listening to Ace of Bass. I saw the sign. <laughs> Ace of Bass. There, like, bring it. <laughs> I'd be there and I'd be sitting in the bank with like cranberry stained white shirt going, shit, my longest ever uh, tenure was four days without sleep. Damn. Holy. Jesus. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah I think that's when out. you're critically insane. I was critically insane and developing <laughs> my bar insane. brain. That's not the word I wanted to say. Clinically insane? Yeah. <laughs> I saw the sign, put it that way. Anyway, it's a base. Thank you so <laughs> Thanks, much. Matt. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Thanks for the correction. Oh, great. I think it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I went commercial. I went to his... Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh you know, I had the whole, you've got to make your cocktail in a minute and a half. I, I guess the biggest thing I learned from my intermediate days of bartending <laughs> was about putting people on a pedestal and saying, welcome to my home. My name is Jacob... What is your name? And this uh, this guy called Pony taught me this lesson. He goes, Jake, whenever a bartender walks in, uh, sorry, a client walks in, because they're a client, ask their name, repeat their name for two minutes and never stop. Shanna, 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 Shanna. Why are you making the drink? What are you having? What are you having? Oh, it's a Cosmo. It's boring. Whatever. I'll do it anyway. How do you have a blush or a lot of caramel? Blush. I respect you more. <laughs> yeah, you're making your way. And Shanna, 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 Shanna. And Shanna comes in a week later and it's just like, if you can try and do that for two minutes where you're making the drink, in the mixing glass up, chilling things, do your things and making the drink. When Shanna comes the next week, it's like, Shanna, how's your week been? It blows them away and they want to come back to the bar. It's one of the most important things to feel really, when we search out a bar and want to have a drink, it's about relaxation. It's about taking something for ourselves. And I think to me, that was, once I learned that, that's all I ever want to do to everyone that came to the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've got to, I won't lie. There was times when I was speed putting, that wasn't happening. All we were doing is having a shot of tequila and getting straight on. I didn't know who the hell they were. <laughs> and I would say fuck, but I won't do that. <laughs> but yeah, that was really important. And uh, Zabiba I worked at in Wellington. It was incredible. It was a really beautiful cocktail bar. It was about Caprinas. Um, that was really special. 
Diva Bar in Wellington was a nightclub. That was insane. We had a, a beautiful uh, red carpet arrangement for a nightclub bartender. Smashed out about 15 grand until every night. Oh, Jesus. It was speed hardcore. Probably the poignant moment in my life. Um, yeah, like 28 and having five girls waiting for you to finish every night was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. You know, you go out for a cigarette on your break and you come back and the crowd roars. It's the first time I ever felt like a rock star. Right. And that was kind of cool. Well, Not that a- I like that much. I'm a bit shy and I like reading books. Wilbur Smith's a favorite. Adventure stories. <laughs> it's really big for me. Yeah. <laughs> I like a nice warm milk before I go to bed. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Anyway, one day I'm sitting in the bar at Diva and uh, this lady comes and says, do you want to get out from the other side of the bar? And I said, yeah, of course you guys. Have you thought about working for the police? I said, get out of here. Go away. It's not me. Next time, the next person said the same thing to me. She said, do you want to come out and be an uh, alcohol rep? I'll give you a car and a phone and a laptop. I went, what's a car and a laptop and a phone, dude? All I do is, uh, you know, Wednesday to Saturday, bartend. I sleep the rest of it and party. She said, come and be a rep. So I joined Foster's group, and that's when I learned about more, I guess, intricacies of uh, flavor, getting to know people, representing brands. From there, 42 Below became part of the uh, story. And uh, Jacob Bryce, who's actually here, um, who I met Jacob years before this, actually, at a bar, he showed me how to mis- make a whiskey dry. I said, Jake, all you do is uh, pour whiskey over ice and just wave your hand over it, hand it to the person. I went, wow, okay, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> yeah. No, Thanks, Jacob. And if you're listening right now, you remember that story really well. He's, uh, he's, I think he's the global Bacardi ambassador now. He's really risen, risen out of nowhere from being New Zealander. But, um, yeah, so the rep thing happened, 42 Below happened. Uh, what a journey. Cocktail World Cups, the world best bartenders coming to Queensland, New Zealand. That was a joke. No, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Queenstown, New Zealand. <laughs> Wait, what? I got those guys totally. They didn't even know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah so uh, one of our big jokes in the ads, if you haven't ever downloaded 42 Below, uh, you know, it's like uh, 42 Below jokes and ads, they were incredible. Uh, bartenders fell in love with the brand. Jeff Ross, Sachi and Sachi, um, he created in his garage. His wife was pregnant. 42nd Parallel runs through Wellington, New Zealand. Um, he made a Volker of 42% when he was flying back from a, um, from Switzerland. He could see the land of the long, long white cloud, the purity. Um, obviously, Volker means, well, like water. So that purity of AAA water out of uh, Banks Peninsula really led us, um, I guess, his belief, being a brand man, to making a Volker that won gold. You know, he created controversy in America, and I won't go there. But if you <laughs> Google it, have a look at it. Um, and some really, really fun ads, you know, um, it's like knock, knock, who's there? Statue, statue who? Statue bro. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <No one>. Yeah. <laughs> 42 below, you know, made right here in Sydney, New Zealand. There we go. <laughs> that was the culture. And, um, I was really lucky enough to rub, um, shoulders with McKenzie boys. Obviously one of them's well famous in, in the Concords now and, uh, the journey through that brand was really incredible and it's just never stopped for me. The party never stops. I don't mind getting up. I suffer the hangovers, the slings and arrows of the outrageous fortune of this business. I love it to pieces. Um, you know, throughout the time, I guess, um, even coming to Liquid and, and Melbourne, that's where I am now and um, National Beverage Director is such a bad title. It just should be, I don't know, something different. <laughs> it sounds so corporate. 
Uh, but getting to work with fun companies, uh, designing drinks is really fun on briefs. Uh, still getting to do what I do every day means so much to me. And I guess this entire journey um, really is, yeah, something to behold. But back to a really weird story. The guys want me to tell you this. Okay. <laughs> this is really embarrassing for me because I was at a bar called Coyotes in Wellington. I was 25. Uh, we're all 25 once, right? And some of us are still 25 now. It's, <laughs> it's okay. But, you know, that's when you're in your prime. You're bartending, you're having fun. And this bar in Courtney Place. Courtney Place, if you haven't been there in Wellington, it's all about restaurants and bars. It's spectacular. It's uh, it's it's hospo. It's, um, Wellington it really is hospitality of New Zealand. And Coyote, um, Adrian Clamp was the owner. It's a chain. They had another bar and well, it was formulated in the South Island. This bar had a shop called the Cookie Monster, and this Cookie Monster shop was pretty simple. It was uh, Kahlua, we had Shrub Liqueur, Bailey's, and a Sartre shot on top. Jesus. All right. Yeah, it's it fun. It's really tasty. Yeah, I it's... wouldn't be upset taking it, but I can see it ending very poorly for Yeah, me. <laughs> this bar was like a massive island bar. It, had, it was a rectangle. So on the corners, it had concrete platforms. Back in the day before Lam uh, the Lamborghini blew someone's head off, uh, we could do fire, which is really uh -huh. fun. Mm -hmm. Back in the day when I was bartending, you'd be lighting cigarettes and swishing ashtrays off everybody. That was part of your job. The sooner you did that, faster you get a tip. You know, it was all about smoking in bars. It was different. We had fire shots and the rest of it. This building, if I can just sort of set the scene, the Cody building was almost two and a half stories big. We had a massive island bar. It was a huge party. It was a restaurant by day, nightclub by night. So at 10 o'clock, everything changed. The chairs came out, the tables, the bouncers arrived. Bartenders got really excited. We jumped in. The people came. Party began. Anyway, we had this little shot called the Cookie Monster. I've told you what it is. But what we'd do with the Sartreuse on these corners is we would loop it back. So if someone ordered six or more, we'd do this huge, huge burning shot. We'd light it on fire. The flames would go out to the corner and we'd just sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon on it. And it would sort of do this nice little uh, cinnamon like a little, little fireball yeah. thing. Yeah, I was like... The sparkle. Yeah, yeah, sparkle. Yeah, the sparkle. <laughs> and I was sitting there going, mm, isn't that a bit disappointing? So out the back in the kitchen, I said to the boys, I said, man, how much cinnamon do you guys have? Jake, we've got like buckets of it. I said, do you buy a bulk? They're like, yeah. I said, is it possible that I could grab a couple of those plastic containers? So I grab a couple of these plastic containers, start shoving holes in these buckets. These buckets in my hands, you know, enough for me to hold. And all I do is fill them with cinnamon. So I had this really crazy idea that, Instead of a little sparkle, I'd create a fireball. So <laughs> I one like night, where this is going. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. this is going it. bad because if you've been in New Zealand, um, yeah, look, we're, we're reasonably fun. We're, we do whatever, but we're kind of hard. And one night, these fireballs became a bit famous because generally when you've got fire happening, you sprinkle a little bit on, but then you, you I used to straddle the bar and biff it really high in the air, sometimes not too high because the fireball is intense. I'd throw it down and... You know, people got to know it. And sometimes you'd be on the other side of the bar, you'd feel the heat, the burn. And this young girl, like, uh -oh. she had beautiful blonde hair. And oh, no. um, still to this day, I still feel terrible. I asked, actually asked Shana if it's okay if I talked about this. Um, but look, anyway, I'll, I'll go through with this. <laughs> and I just said to her, I said, look, you've got to stand back. You know, the fireball is big. Is it your first time here? And she goes, fuck off. Oh, no. And bartenders don't really like being talked to like that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, look. Please. And I looked everyone around and said, look, can you just get her to back off a little bit? She turned around and said, just fuck off. I don't really care. Oh, no. no. Well, yeah. Well, so anyway, go. Jake got, oh, you know, 
I'm going to go big on this one. <laughs> I'm going to go really big. I went so big. I threw it so high in the air and everything else. When the fireball hit, it came up my front. My front of my top caught fire. I lost my eyelashes in the front <laughs> of my fringe. The fireball was that big that it blew the back of her hair off. I call it the split end because she had split ends. It was bad blonde hair. They were gone. And the look, if I could show you right now, of her patting the back of her head. <laughs> like this going, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I so warned you. And everyone around said, boom. Oh there my go. God. So everyone had your back. And there's a punch here. Look, there's a punchline to this. It wasn't that, you know, like it wasn't like it ripped your hair off. It, it was a split end detail. You know, that's all it was. And I just turned around and said, man, what can I do for you? I feel bad. I warned you, but I still went ahead. And she goes, I just like a vodka and pineapple juice, please. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got free drinks for the rest of the night. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> and that was it. And uh, to this day, I've never forgotten that story. I and that's, oh, that's amazing. I wonder how, yeah. I want to, I, it'd be awesome to hear her side of the story. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. if she remembers any of it. I, was she hammered? Is that why she was being so No, rude? I don't know. I just think she was stubborn. And um, hot girls in Wellington, we've got different suburbs. I don't know if I would have in LA. She was strong. She didn't really care. You know, strong woman, man. We're the first person to vote in New Zealand. Like, you just don't mess with them. Go down south in Canterbury, you know, like, they wear the pants. I don't mind that, though. I don't mind carrying bags, doing whatever they need. I'm always there for them. <laughs> always there for them. So, yeah, that's well, me, I'm man. I'm glad she got to keep a lot of her hair. She yeah. did. Yeah. She, saw, she saw a fireball that'll never be that big again. Like, yeah. holy shit. Like, and hopefully it was a learning uh, Yeah, she'll step the too. fuck back so next time. next time somebody says, like, there's going to be a fireball, Maybe it would yeah, be step a good back. idea. Not yeah. and I reckon, Listen you know. to the one person who does them extremely well. <laughs> Thank you very much. And look, I, I, I caused some collateral damage, but I think maybe uh, saved your life one day. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. That's crazy. <laughs> well, man. that was a great story. Holy shit, that's awesome. That's crazy. I love that. I love that story. Um, well, we got to uh, wrap this up yep. at this point. Is there anything you want to plug and let people know uh, yeah, as um, we're going out of this? Well, hey, look, you know, I've been sponsored to come here um, by Ben Newman of Liquid Infusion. So if you check out Liquid Infusion, www.liquidinfusion.com.au, uh, Melbourne, Australia, we've been around for 12 years. Have a look at what we do, but I guess we're looking for a flair bartender. Uh, we want to sponsor an American flair bartender to come down um, south. Hang out with us. Plus, the doors is always welcome if you guys come down. Oh my god, oh, we're amazing! Comfortable. You know, you got a friend. We have so you many gotta... countries to go to. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> but um, like I also want to say, Mike, Shanna, thank you so much for having me. Hell yeah! Me. Heck yeah! Thank you for coming on. Yeah, it was a blast. And Seriously. I hope that we uh, remember the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, right. I think we're about to go grab a drink. Is that I think, right? Yeah, uh, I think go, it's happening. Let's go out of this podcast because we gotta go get a drink. Yeah, we do. Get down to Tales of the Cocktail, yeah. New Orleans, man. Yeah, don't miss this. This is a great event. Yeah, we've, with we've great been bartenders. We're blast. meeting amazing people. And yeah. don't miss this, guys. Make sure you plug yourselves. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're great. Yeah, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Talk hills. <laughs> Dude, thank you. Fucking awesome. Awesome. All right. Pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. All right, here we go. We are in we are interview number three. Four? Three. Three? Four. Four, four I believe. Three. Yeah, we're on three? the fourth. Four. Four. Okay, we're gonna go with four. Uh we're doing inter- in room interview number four. And we got some cool ass shit here that we're gonna be taking a little sips of and learning about. A new product that uh is that um, so this is a whole new learning experience for me. Yeah, it's like uh, we got some it's a beautiful set of bottles, actually, and uh, the gentleman representing these spirits uh, is Brendan Bain, correct? 
Correct. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being here. I heard you just got in on like a pretty uh, late flight, so I uh, appreciate it that you're rolling through. <laughs> Early yeah. flight, I should say. Yeah, a little red eye from uh, the West Coast this morning, so got out of San Francisco about 1. Just got here around 8 a.m. this morning, so yeah, you're rock a champ. and roll. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're looking at, what, 11.30 right now? 11 o'clock? Yeah. So, so yeah. You're not going to sleep. It's fine. It's no, no big deal. There's, that's what the slushy coffees are for. Yeah. Oh, God. Those are... I'm look, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. I can't My wait. God. I'm going to have so many slushy coffees. Yeah. But you have a, a beautiful selection of uh, spirits here. And it's... Um, you, do you mind telling us a little bit about it? Like, you know, kind of what the the whole... Uh... Introducing some... Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our company uh, started as Wild Roots Vodkas. Uh, we're now considered Wild Roots Spirits because we're branching out of the just the vodka category. Uh, we began our company in 2013. Our owner and founder, Chris Joseph, uh, actually dropped out of law school, um, took that money from law school to invest in this company. And we started as a private label company in Bend, Oregon. Uh, he saw a gap in the market, right? So he saw all the different vodkas that were out there. They were all clear. So he thought, why isn't there real fruit in that infused vodka or that flavored vodka at the time? So he started playing around with some local vodkas and putting real fruit in that bottle. And he came up in 2013 with a concoction for the red raspberry. And that was our original and how we launched our brands. Uh, Oregon's pretty neat when it comes to our laws and regulations, uh, we're actually able to sample and sell at farmer's markets. And oh, that's how whoa. we built our brand from the very beginning. And to this day, we still do farmer's markets up and down the I-5 corridor. And we have a huge following of all these different people that have seen us at farmer's markets and events throughout the years. Uh, so the red raspberry was our first in 2013, followed by the uh, Marionberry and the apple and cinnamon. Uh, 2014, uh, when we ended up moving out of a private label area and doing it ourselves uh, with the master plan of always getting back to Central Oregon. So we're in a small town called Sisters, Oregon, which is just outside of Bend, Oregon now. Uh, all of our vodkas are premium, six times distilled and filtered uh, vodkas that we post distillation infuse with over a pound of fruit per bottle across the board. So it's a super intense fruit flavor and it's a beautiful package, like you said before. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that uh, the bottles have the... Is it the region that the... Yeah, so each bottle in the top corner, they all have pictures of fruit on the front, if you can picture that. They pop. They're really beautiful, tall, skinny bottles. But in the top right-hand corner, there's actually the region of where the fruit typically comes from, depending on the time of year. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're all different when it comes to the picture and the regions, but it's all Pacific Northwest fruit. And why it's Pacific Northwest fruit is because... Uh, it's some of the best fruit in the world, number one. You know, we had opportunities to buy fruit from all over the world at a discounted price, but we didn't want to, um, we want to be true to the fruit, true to the flavor and true to the spirit. So we picked the fruit from the Pacific Northwest and paid a little bit more, um, but we're getting that bricks level, that sugar content from that fruit that's really standing out and making a, a unique spirit. Mm -hmm. That's really cool too, because it's like, um, makes it like a sustainable product and like it keeps the economy going in the region of where you guys are based as well too. Sure. So it's like showing the love over there, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, I like the small like upbringing of it. That sounds really, that's, that's yeah. really interesting to me. Uh, starting a small brand and growing it through a, a farmer's market. Um, what was, what was some of the struggles with that? Or like some of the benefits on the other side of it. I too. think it's more of the benefits that are laws we have in Oregon. We are a controlled state. So um, the OLCC, the Oregon liquor stores, 
um, we sell through them. Um, so we actually ship direct to the state who then gives that to the actual liquor stores. We do have to hand sell it ourselves through those stores. Um, if a bar or restaurant needs to pick up that product too, uh, they actually have to be in the, the, that liquor store that's in that region. Hmm. Um, so that's probably the toughest part for Oregon is if that local liquor store doesn't carry one of our products, um, that that bar or restaurant cannot get it. Um, but as for everything else, uh, the OLCC in general is fantastic for us because of those events. It's not only farmers markets we can do, but uh, as long as the city and the state approves a certain event, we can actually pop up a tent, sell and sample liquor. We can sample liquor in liquor stores pretty much any time of uh, a day too, as long as the uh, agents are okay with it. Hmm. Oh, awesome. Are you, are you across the United States or are you kind of still kind of, or branching out slowly? We're, we're branching out. We're actually, yeah, we're branching out pretty quickly now. <laughs> uh, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, Colorado are kind of our key states with Oregon, Washington being our biggest two currently. Uh, we are somewhat uh, distributed in Northern California as well, but we've kind of strategically stayed away from that until we kind of find the right fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're here at Tales of the Cocktail just to kind of show our brand to everyone in the Midwest, South, and East Coast. Yeah. Um, because world. not a lot of people in the world. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. uh, I heard about this a few years back when I was working in Vegas, and I've always wanted to come here. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for us to showcase. Oh, yeah, definitely. For, for listeners who is not familiar with Wild Roots, spirits um can we let's go through the line let's talk about and kind of what maybe a good idea for maybe some cocktail options or like the best way of like maybe sipping on it and stuff like that absolutely and and then yeah let's let's go through them so as i said before the original was the red raspberry in 2013 and then we came out with the Marionberry. So Marionberry is actually an Oregon blackberry. Oh, um, are they the big, long ones? They're the big ones, yeah. So it's a hybrid blackberry uh, made by a gentleman in the 50s from Oregon State. He took the two best blackberries, the Shehalem, which is also a county, and the Olali blackberry and combined them to basically make the best blackberry out there. Uh, and it accounts for the majority of our blackberries that are sold in the region. It's super, super popular uh, product and our number one seller in the state of Oregon. Okay. Very, very rich, deep, and the sweetest, um, thickest on your palate that we currently have. Uh, with all of our flavors, too, it's pretty easy to do cocktails. When we do events, it's very simple stuff, to be like completely a bramble honest with, with it. Mm-hmm. Brambles, presses, you know, even just like lemonades. You can float Oof. them. You can use them as your base spirit. Um, or you can just use them as an addition to a cocktail to make it just an extra element of uniqueness and color and aroma and everything you get with that is fantastic. Yeah, for audio listeners, like looking at these, the the fruit, the color is like really picked up in the in the spirits. You should definitely go online and to visually see them because they they're the colors are very vibrant and beautiful. Thank you. Um, so apple cinnamon, I'll just keep on running through because I, I got caught up there and started babbling. No worries, no worries. Apple and cinnamon also came out in 2014. Uh, we originally barrel aged that one, but we switched that. Um, so now it's just apple and cinnamon in there. We use real toast and cinnamon sticks. We use a blend of different apples from Eastern Washington. Um, and then in 2016, we actually... Uh, did it a little backwards. We have such a following with our our spirits, or all of our infusions. We came out with our Northwest Vodka, which is just our base vodka. Um, so we did something a little differently. Instead of doing six times filtered, uh, we actually took lava rocks from the Central Oregon area. So we have the Deschutes River, the Metolius River, Whitechus Creek, uh, Sandy Am, and uh, Soto Lake. We all took 
the different volcanic lava rocks. We have this handmade uh, five glass cylinder filtration system. We, we run it through for about two days, uh, which comes out to approximately about 100 times filtered. So you get some mineral, mineral to that, get a little spice to make it something different and unique that you haven't tasted before. Um, and then after that, we came out with the uh, dark sweet, or sorry, the pear the dark sweet cherry and the cranberry all in 2016, followed by the huckleberry uh, just this last December. Uh, and the peach we just launched about two weeks ago, which is not That's here good. in the state yet. I uh, would love to have brought it, but we didn't get that registered in time for mm -hmm. tales. Dude, oh, damn. too cool. Yeah. I just like the word huckleberry. Huckleberry. I don't good. know if I've ever had one. Yeah, that's that's a common <laughs> know, thing I we can't... hear too. Like, what's a huckleberry taste like? What and does so, it taste like? Is it like so a currant? Well, we could try it. Yeah, let's try let's it. Let's break it open. So right. uh, it's tart, sweet, and a, a little earthy all at the same time. They grow in like the high mountains of uh, the Cascades and Oregon, Idaho, Montana area. These in particular come from uh, northern Idaho and uh, Montana. A lot of them grow on Indian reservations too. Oh, nice. Ooh, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, huck <laughs> huckleberries are also a cousin of the, the blueberry family. So, uh, it looks somewhat similar, similar, but they've got a little bit of a uh, more of a red tint color and a little bit more tartness to it. Nice. Do you have you had any type of maybe like with the fruit? Is there like a do the seasons affect like how you can like distill it or make and no, not necessarily because you know we we buy quite a bit um, at a time and we also can freeze the stuff. So it's, okay, cool. Yeah, so um, so if you know we run into any issues, we'll just freeze it and uh, do it that way. Nice, nice. So. And we have a great relationship with all of our fruit brokers, and there's some fruit you just can't do because. Um, you know, for example, we've always kind of wanted to do a blueberry, um, but unfortunately that turns gray. So, uh, over time, oh, so, right. yeah. So like those type of things, like we always look into those, t uh, those things when we do our, um, fruit infusions to make sure that uh, not only is the, the taste going to last a long time, but the color is also going to stay stable mm -hmm. and the product's always going to be a quality product for you. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, cheers. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Get you some for yourself. <laughs> Yay, Huckleberry. Cheers. Can't oh. wait. <laughs> Thank you. Boom, boom. Bing. Cheers. Ooh, man, yeah. Oh, yeah. That smell is nice. And you were saying it was uh, kind of... It's kind of spicy. Like a bridge, in a way, of like... Um... Mm. Oh, geez, Yeah, it's, I mean, it's so... It's so um... The product, I mean, once you taste it, it's, it's so different than what you typically Ooh. have in a flavored vodka. Uh, that is a clear vodka that's artificially flavored and sweetened. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on not using any artificial sweeteners, any added colors to any of our product, or any artificial fruits. So um, that's really the big difference, and that's why we almost are a bridge or a gap between a vodka and a, a liqueur, but uh, we are actually considered to be a vodka. Nice. So, it's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has it, like a – it has – a um a specific kind of mouthfeel too mm -hmm. exactly yeah it's yeah. like it like, it's like yeah yeah it's awesome it's like it's, satin I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because yeah. it's i mean you know everyone has these like notions and preconceived ideas of like a flavored vodka or whatever but like this is like actually like nice like you really can taste it it doesn't taste artificial and like it does have a, a feel to it which i'm like into like, so for any listeners that's want to get their hands on a bottle of this that they it's not uh, represented in the states 
yet. Is there a way they can contact you or like go online and find you? Yeah. So uh, we can ship uh, to certain states depending on where you live. So if you go on our website, there is a third party seller um, that can ship directly to to you. Uh, mm-hmm. It does cost a little bit extra in shipping. Sure. Uh, we also have tasting rooms. Uh, so if you are ever in Portland and just want to taste a product, or if you're ever in Sisters, uh, we do have storefronts that you can go come in, uh, do flights, do cocktails, and buy bottles. Um, we have different size bottles. We have mini packs as well. Uh, we're coming out with some uh, 375s. Oh, cool. Um, so there's other yeah, options like nice for you as well. Yeah, because there's so many flavors mm-hmm. that would be, that is cool. I have a little sample of everything mm-hmm. for sure. I heard that maybe you have a funny story that you'd like to share on this Talk Tales <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So our owner, back when we first started our company, we were, you know, probably in about 800 square foot facility, you know, when we first started, he, uh, he was mixing the raspberry and we had to do it by hand back when we first started. Right. So we had this big metal spoon that we would go around in, right. This 275 gallon, like IBC tank that we're mixing fruit into our vodka. And, uh, he ended up having his phone in his hand when he was going ahead and mixing it, he dropped his phone in. So he didn't even think twice. So he just directly jumped in the IBC tank, right? How wait, how big is this tank? It's about four feet tall, right? So he he, he went swimming in this thing. So it gets better, too, because he comes out and he's bright red because there's, like I said, there's over a pound of fruit per 750 ml bottle. There's a bunch of fruit in there, and this thing is just dark red. And he comes out <laughs> soaked, looking like a dark, you know, red liquor bottle. And uh, so he ends up going home, but he takes some pictures of, you know, the uh, situation. And on, on, on his way home, actually, he uh, uh, he's driving this, like, 92 Suburban. He's got 400,000 miles on it, and he obviously forgot to... Uh, renew his tags Uh-oh. and he got pulled over by the cops oh, no. looking uh, completely soaked in vodka or infused raspberry vodka and, and i'm sure and the smelling smell like was it yeah white yeah. strong yeah. i mean he was pretty much profiled right then and there he had to step out of the car no, no questions <laughs> like what is this guy about he's gonna, like, he's gonna be like oh my god they're not gonna believe me yeah well the good thing was he actually had pictures of the situation which is you know still funny and hilarious to this day uh and on top of that the actual uh the cop who pulled him over uh, had bought a bottle at the farmer's market uh, a couple days before of the red raspberry that he was swimming in. So. He's all like shaking his hand. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so needless to say, they let him off and he thanked him for making the red raspberry. <laughs> that's so, so cool. Pretty funny. That's such a charming story too. Yeah. Like that's so like amazing. Like super small distillery, like, and then that to happen. That's and like, like one oh, of those no, stories you're totally that okay. like, you're like, no, that's not, that can't yeah. be real. <laughs> you're like, no way. That's so great. It's like, and it's like, of course he got pulled over. Yeah, yeah, know? that would be Couldn't the day he's gonna have. Way, right? First of all, who even really like falls into a tank of vodka, raspberry vodka? Right. Yeah, or not falls in, but go, jumps into a tank of vodka, but then also decides to drive home, and it's like, okay, probably he's not gonna get pulled over. Nope, gets pulled yeah. over. Yeah, it's gonna be like <laughs> just a, the perfect series of events. <laughs> That's hilarious. How, it is a small company then, even now, right? Yeah, um, we're still fairly small. However, uh, we're, we're, we are the third largest or pretty close to being the third largest um, spirits company in the state of Oregon. And there's, I want to say there's close to 70 different uh, uh, companies now, which obviously you, you have HRD being uh, number one who just sold out Pendleton. Mm. Um, and then right behind them, there's two or three others kind of driving for number three. So um, 
we've got a long way in a really short time. Um, Congratulations. So, yeah, really. That's, yeah. A, that's I mean, an achievement. I understand why. Like, uh, you know, as a bartender, like I'm always looking for products and think you know new stuff that i'm not familiar with that i could start being like right now i'm like looking at all these labels of being like what would i make with that what would i make with that what would i make with that so mm-hmm. that's there's a lot of like there's a lot of tools in this kit to make right. some yeah, cool stuff absolutely and yeah. it, it's a volume mover too i mean we're probably cracking on a 12 month rolling right now close to 12 uh, 12 000 nine liter case equivalents uh, which you know between the brands uh the different flavors is quite a bit for realistically two states mm-hmm. so, and i'm uh, sure all those bartenders out there in portland yeah. uh are happy to have you guys around absolutely yeah well, it's it's fun to describe for sure well dude it's uh let's take this time if there's anything you want to like plug or like let any listeners know any upcoming events uh or anything else that you want to you know get off your chest on this yeah. podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah no i just would uh you know encourage anybody to take a look at our website wildrootspirits.com uh if you're ever in portland or central oregon and the bend redmond sisters area come up and see our tasting room up in that area too uh, we are the official sponsor of the mls portland timbers uh soccer team yeah as well. nice. so we got a couple uh, rolling bars inside the stadium and we got some <laughs> signage so cool. and support so we're huge soccer fans and um but yeah just come and support local products uh that are you know something different and unique and uh yeah please come out see us and grab a drink with us hell yeah man and congratulations on making it to tales thanks yeah. i really appreciate it <laughs> yeah it's great buckle up buddy it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. gonna be a fun one we'll sleep for 48 hours at least <laughs> no everyone's gonna be super stoked to talk to you and meet you and try your, the products so. yeah it's this is so cool i i, I think it's a, it's so cool to have a, something that has like a, a story and is fun to explain to people and that's i feel like that's exactly what these are like you know get the bottle down and show them too it's it's just beautiful thank you yeah, yeah one thank last you. thing uh yeah we will be at the the distiller's happy hour on thursday so oh sick come okay, and see okay us yeah. That. yeah we'll just, be there yeah forgot to, forgot to mention that oh no no worries yeah, awesome we, we will definitely be there awesome brendan thank you so much for taking your time uh with us here and i know that you're a bit tired but you are fantastic and you will not sleep <laughs> just go get a slushy coffee yeah <laughs> yeah thank you yeah, yeah, I, I think it'll go super well so cheers to that thank cheers. you again for the taste very welcome yeah all right cheers cheers, cheers. street tales hey uh everyone listeners land we are interviewing on the streets tales from the street well we're not on the streets we are in a conference room right now and we have a awesome bar professional with us and first we want to introduce yourself i'm sierra fitzgerald and i am uh, accounts manager slash events coordinator for old new orleans rum too cool oh i want, can't wait to try that uh do you mind do you want to tell uh the listeners what your favorite part of tales has been so far my favorite part of tales and it it holds true every single year is trying products that aren't available in my market i live in new orleans and you would think being from the hub of tales that all the products are available here and they aren't so it never fails tales will come i'll try something it'll be amazing and then i'm like okay where do i go and i go to my local shops and they don't carry it and then i have to like start special ordering things so i have a whole collection of things that i've had to special order oh my gosh that's yeah. freaking awesome. Let's talk a little bit about what we're sipping on right now. We got a little Pinot de Charance. 
Yes, I actually wasn't familiar with Pinot before today, and I am hooked. It's amazing. So do you think you're going to be going to your um, local spirit provider and start pushing them a little bit to get some in your collection? Oh, yeah, um, and there's definitely some stores in the city that I could see carrying that. Like, I know which specialty stores should carry it, and then I'm going to be very sad if they don't. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us and telling us uh, your tales at Tales. <laughs> no problem. See you around. Thank you. In room interview happening now. Still doing it. Yep, we're happening. Uh, it's in a room interview. I don't even oh, know God. how many now. We've done a bunch. But yep, we're Thursday, four days in, and I'm really, really happy and excited because I got an old friend in room on <laughs> mic. It is Aaron Joseph from Baltimore. Hello, hello, hello. Dude. Thank you. This is this is awesome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, Heck pleasure yeah. is ours. No, this is awesome. No. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. We haven't seen each other in so long. Oh my gosh, yeah. Let's see. I think the last time I saw you... Wait, I think we crossed cross paths in LA at one when point you first moved to LA because you were telling me about your business with the pops yeah yeah I've man I'm all over the place uh <laughs> you're my inspiration <laughs> speaking of all over the place let's talk about where where what you're doing uh I try to stay busy um so right now I am bartending one night a week at a restaurant in Baltimore called Alma Cocina in Canton um I'm also working with a brand called Papa's Pilar rum brand based out of Key West Florida I just picked up a vodka brand called Vodka 6100. Uh, it's a weight distillate out of New Zealand. And then uh, I just formed a, kind of a consulting events uh, company with my business partner called Kane Collective. And then I have my own private thing called Humble Imbibe. <laughs> nice. And Wait, how many it. hours are actually in your day? Well, you know, I like to diversify. So, like, I spent 30 minutes here, an hour here. But, you know, it's I just try to stay busy. Oh, I'll say, yeah. <laughs> it's good to stay busy. It keeps, Absolutely. It keeps everything going. They say, you know, wake up with purpose keeps you young. So, I think I have a love, enough purpose now right now. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> you awesome. backwards. <laughs> yeah, so, a little history on, like, how we know each other. Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron is from Baltimore. Born and raised in Baltimore? I was born in D.C., raised in Hawaii, spent time in San Antonio, college in Kansas and then came back to Maryland so okay a and then bit. how long have you been were you back in Maryland for uh so when we met I had just moved to Baltimore so I've been in Baltimore now four four and a half years now okay cool so, so. yeah so the, we I think you were working at um what was that place uh wit and wisdom wit and wisdom yeah Michael Mino's restaurant in the four seasons that's right Baltimore so yeah and Baltimore is uh Speaking of a great bartending like community, uh, yeah. we we are all were really like close and um, supportive of each other. And whoever was doing something cool, Aaron was always doing cool shit. <laughs> uh, like we, everyone's always like, "Oh, what's that guy? What's Aaron doing? You know, what's what's uh, Doug doing? Yeah. Like, all, you know, all the different people." So it was always it was like such a great t time of my life in, in the bartending scene with, with, with all of you guys, you know? Absolutely. It was uh, one of those things where, I, I mean, I think you brought something to the table as well with the fork and wrench with the, the face-offs. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the bar yeah, battle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bar <laughs> battles were epic. Like, everybody was like, I want to do a bar battle. Like, Who's doing bar battle this week? Uh, oh, we got to go check this out. And so, like, that was, that was something that you brought to the table that I think kind of stimulated the whole, like, thought-provoking but still competitive and still kind of like it was a unifying thing for the actual industry because everybody was like did you do it oh did you do it how was it 
It's the tips. I need I need some inside track. It was who won? Fun. Who lost? Uh, like, oh, like it was like the buzz. Yeah. Like, did you, did, did you hear did what you, they yeah. had to do when they lost? <laughs> we would make people. So we do this thing bar battle where uh, two bartenders would compete and have to make it kind of like chopped where you have to get a secret ingredient and make a cocktail. Yep. Within five minutes or like right. less, five minutes right. or less. It was chopped fork and wrench style. Yeah, yes. yeah. And then, and then all the people in the bar, all the guests in the bar, got a little taste of each mm-hmm. cocktail and voted, and whoever one got bragging rights but right. whoever lost had to do something embarrassing <laughs> yeah and it, it varied but it was it was still very fun yep and a really fun way to keep like meet new bartenders Absolutely. or like keep people like actively like interacting with each other right it was fun it it was a lot of fun and then uh i think i'll never forget the time we worked uh the dan Aykroyd crystal head oh my god yes, <laughs> yes. that was yeah. <laughs> that was bizarre and yeah, awesome it was weird it was so weird and then like you know you got dan Aykroyd, this huge guy that just actually remembers your name because like somebody told him your name and he's like <laughs> calling people out and then he's like pushing his vodka and it's like it was cool but then it was like man i really don't know you and you're talking to me like you're really familiar and like he called you out on like your stuff and asked you to like answer questions and stuff like oh shit but it wasn't just like that it's like this is all happening in like dan Aykroyd voice because yeah. like, he has that like iconic <laughs> voice that you're like this is Ghostbusters, dude. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. This is fucking like it's like this voice of my childhood, and yes. he's like talking to me, and I, I'm like, I don't even know what he's saying. All I could think is like Dan Eckerd voice, dude. It's so like specific. <laughs> it's cool though. That was a blast. Yeah, that was a good time. It was uh, it was really surreal. Where it was like I just didn't realize like to see like one of your childhood like idols, and you've seen this guy on film so many times, and then you actually are looking at him in person, and you're like. Wait, am I really making cocktails with this guy? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's so weird, like, dude. They freaking his guys. He had his little entourage of guys, you know. They're like, uh, "What are you doing after this? We're gonna have like this fancy dinner." At, I I think it was at Wit and Wisdom, maybe. Yes. And, yes, uh, yes. and I was like. Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> like, you turned him down. Yeah. I totally did. Absolutely, it was, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, no, actually, I got plans. I was like, wow. I was too uncomfortable. Yeah, it was like too, like it made me too, like uncomfortable. I was like, uh, I'm gonna leave this as a good thing because I could see if. I continued this. You were his favorite, though. That was the funniest thing, because I think he called you out like three or four times. And I was just like, okay, great. And then, then, like, after everything was done, they were like, yeah, we're going downstairs to have a couple of drinks. And, like, unfortunately, because of the policies of the Four Seasons, I have to get permission to go downstairs. So I couldn't go because because legally I would get in trouble for the being there without permission. Mm. Right. And so... It was like, I think Brendan was the only one that actually was able to attend. Oh, Brendan got to go? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I know. The- I kind of like, man, maybe I should have gone. But like, I don't know. Sometimes I like leaving things that's like, I could see if I would have had some drinks and oh, then like uh, done something stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, because ah. he's never done anything stupid ever, <laughs> ever. It's uh, yeah, like he's you know everybody has mistakes, so it's like one of those things. And especially in that line, it's like I can only imagine, I'll only imagine, especially. So it was cool. That it was, was a, a great cool event. event. It was a really good event. Um, speaking of events, you've done a um, a handful of like bartending competition events and stuff, and one recently, um, a margarita. Yeah. I was uh, fortunate to represent Baltimore in Patron's Margarita of the Year competition this year. Um, so it was seven uh, bartenders from all across the world internationally. So there was a bartender from Masaka, Japan, 
Mexico City, Mexico, Seattle, Washington, Boston, Massachusetts, Los Angeles, and myself. Wow. And oh, Barcelona, Spain. Sorry. And so we all got together and got to uh, construct margaritas inspired by our cities and our backgrounds and who we are as bartenders. And uh, I had the wonderful pleasure of representing Baltimore in that competition. Out of seven competitors, Baltimore finished fourth, yeah, which, which is good. great in the aspect that we were the very we were the smallest market in the whole competition. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, good work. Yeah, it was really good. It, um, what was in your drink? Uh, it was called a passion fruit margarita, um, and it was inspired by a lot of things. Um, it was inspired, one, by my time spent in Hawaii, so 12 years in Hawaii, but it was a cocktail inspired by Baltimore that was um, kind of like warm and soothing and welcoming. But then at the end, I threw some, like, it was a passion fruit jalapeno syrup in there Oof. with uh, Patron Citron, lime juice, and Patron Silver. So it was, like, this smooth transition between warm, fruity, citrusy, bright notes, and then a little bit of jalapeno kick at the end just to kind of make things interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of, like, reminds you of Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Making yeah. things interesting. Yes, yeah. for sure. Like, you know, like, it's a charm city for a reason. Like, everybody's nice, calm, and cool, and collective. And then all of a sudden, something happens, like, out of the blue, and you're like, whoa, what, you, what was that? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, that's just Baltimore. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, all right. <laughs> like, real for a yeah. second real quick. Like it's, like, it's like everything is a bright, sunny day, and it's great. And then, and then, and then, and then there's, like, a zombie heroin guy yeah. that's just like, <laughs> Like, like, oh, that's a good. You know, right. like, yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just uh, he'll just be keep right. a moment. You'll be all right. Like, he <laughs> like, will not fall down. Don't worry. <laughs> and, like, it's funny because it's like, oh, what is that? I was like, yo, that's just city life. You know, like, and it's funny because Baltimore is like one of those towns where it's like on one street, it can be completely renovated and like done up. And then the next street over is kind of like boarded up row homes. And you're like, yeah, Wait, it's, did I just transform worlds? And then the next street over is completely done over too. But it's rather unique because it's just pockets and neighborhoods. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Baltimore just has like one of the like coolest like mm-hmm. collection of people and people really hold like hold each other close and tight and like want to hold, you know, lift each other up. Right. Yeah. Um, that was the great thing. Like coming from coming from D.C. to Baltimore, you know, like it was a huge adjustment in the aspect that like you go from white collar transient to a lot of people in D.C. aren't from D.C. So things that are innovative and new get received better than a lot of things that like Baltimore fights against because everybody's been in their neighborhoods for 35, 40 years mm-hmm. and neighborhoods haven't changed in a while. So <laughs> yeah. they, they, Baltimore is deep rooted. And I used to, I tell people Baltimore is a tough love city. Like it's extremely like tough. They're hard on you. If you're not from there a little bit, um, you get a little resistance, but once you win them over, they're completely loyal and it's completely nice. engulfing you're completely supportive. So, it's, you know. it's a funny like um, difference because what the way I felt coming from California to Baltimore that people aren't right away nice. And at, and at first I was like, that's kind of weird because in California people are right away nice. Oh, really? But yeah. it's also not necessarily real. <laughs> but in Baltimore, once once you go, oh, did you have a, start having a conversation? You have a best friend for life, oh, like really? for life. Awesome. It might not be right off the bat because it's just not fake. They're not, they're not fake people. They're like, oh... If, you know, if I don't like you, then we're just not gonna like you. But it's no big deal. But <laughs> if uh, but if I like you, we're gonna be friends for a lifetime. Absolutely. California is like right off the bat, kind of like, hey, yeah, everything's great. Like, how are you doing? Da, 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 da. Um, but then it's like, oh, we're friends. But then like, it never happens. But you just, it's kind of confusing. 
it's like more i don't know it's a strange yeah, we'll forget dynamic. your name and yeah. then kind of be like oh it's, i don't know bud. i think it's like more out of politeness <laughs> rather yeah it's like an out it's a it's kind of like an outward initial like you know like yeah it's like yeah absolutely i'll come to the thing that's like a polite thing being like i support you but i probably am not gonna come <laughs> <laughs> when you do like if the love is real like if you, if you show up you'll probably get like a pretty solid bit of recognition for actually showing up yeah absolutely <laughs> what means so something. you have a bunch of associates and a few friends uh, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, exactly i get it i totally get it. <laughs> that's a great way to put it actually you have a bunch of associates yeah no it's it's kind of it's kind of indicative to like a little bit of like being in a professional setting like you have a bunch of people you know you have a bunch of people that you can call on for support or you just want to alert them yeah. about what's <laughs> going on and then if they show up great if not you just keep it moving and then right you invite like over the amount that you're oh, allowed absolutely. at a party absolutely like half will show up i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> and also say get get there like an hour or two before you want people to be there absolutely yeah. absolutely people... oh yeah why about when this party starts yeah, yeah it starts at one it's like actually like four four o'clock yeah, <laughs> yeah the old barbecue uh timetable yeah you know? <laughs> so we were talking a little like before off mic about um like one of the newer projects that you're getting into uh with the um charity oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i thought that was like really freaking awesome so i let's talk it was like talk about that a little bit absolutely um so last year i was fortunate enough to represent papa's pilar in uh the best rum cocktail in dc competition held at cuba libre and uh it was in conjunction with cuba libre but it was done in conjunction with this charity called core and as children of a restaurant employees and what it is is a foundation that happens to support children of restaurant employees because fortunately in our industry health insurance 401k benefits are not necessarily available in our positions and necessarily we don't, a lot of people don't make enough money to contribute to that because we're living paycheck to paycheck in that aspect so what it is is a foundation that helps uh support emergencies tragedies and just families in the restaurant industry and children's other restaurant industry that uh need financials and support so i thought it was really important that uh that was great and i won that competition i ended up making a relationship with them and i just met with them a couple of days ago actually here and we were talking about you know future involvement they want to get more involved in the dc maryland virginia area and i offered my services to him so hopefully that will be a partnership moving forward that i can also wear another hat for so (laughs) yeah that is like one of the coolest foundations like i mean which can directly affect me you know what i mean like so that takes a very particular interest for us in this industry absolutely because there has i sprained my ankle uh like two months ago and i thought i broke it mm -hmm. it was like bad sprain and I was like, as soon as I'm like laying on the ground, like in pain going, I broke my ankle, but all I could think about, I'm like, how am I going to work? Absolutely. And I'm like, I guess I can get like one of those scooters or something. I'm like, I, I can't not go to work, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's one of the disadvantages of working in this industry because it's kind of a, like, it's a combination of mental labor and as well as a physical aspect of it that you have to contribute to for your livelihood. So if something happens to you physically that kind of limits your ability to perform, it's not like you can just sit there and like halfway do your job because it directly affects your performance. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. in one month you won't be sitting on the street. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Exactly. With all your stuff. I mean, you know, and and unfortunately it's not like 
I think our our industry is kind of notorious for this, for not actually um, having hindsight to see future endeavors. So a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck and live with kind of like not really say financially irresponsible lifestyle, but like it's just not they don't have the foresight to put money mm-hmm. away. And so when stuff like that does happen, it you it affects you almost immediately because now all of a sudden you're not thinking about how can I get better? It's like, how can I get back to work as yeah. fast yeah. as possible? Like how do I heal um, quick? Because like, I'm going to miss out on so much money. It's kind of like the same thing when you go on vacation in this industry. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to go and I'm going to go. Wait, hold on. Wait, I've got to make up. I'm going to miss five days. So that's going to yeah, be that so much like, money. Yeah, so you're like, how many days do I have to pick how up? How much yeah. days do I pick up? Um, and then what? What can I do to get back? How many doubles do I need to work when I get back to make up the money? Like, it's a huge financial, like, burden when, like, you take off of work. Like, you yeah. literally, you literally are thinking about how much money do I need to make to go on vacation, to save for vacation, and then also how much money do, how much, how much shifts do I need to work to make up for that financial right. hole? Yeah. And it's not like... Even if you're fortunate to work for like corporate places that have like paid vacation, it's not necessarily the dollar amount you're making while working those shifts. Yeah, so, exactly. So, I mean, in that aspect, you have to plan. But I mean, in other aspects, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when something causes you to miss an extended period of time of work, it's just one of those. It's really unfortunate and affects you almost immediately. Oh, yeah. One of my best friends got hit by a, a car because he's driving his oh, motorcycle wow. and got, oh, he's like, he's way better now. He's like, kind of healed up but it was the whole thing for him like you know he was he got hit and like broke his leg and you know he like missed a a solid time of work and his doctor's like look you got to take like a month plus off right and he did not take a month plus off and he's like behind the bar and he's like hobbling around and i'm like oh (laughs) my god dude what the hell like and you 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 can go to like places and you automatically see people like that like you know this yeah. person that like <laughs> you're like what did you do to yourself like you were moving so much faster like oh i gotta work service well because i can't really move because that's, that's you know, exactly yeah. what i was thinking yeah. i'm like well i guess i can be on service yeah, well i was like i'll have i'm in service well permanently for two months because i can't really move, walk so i'm just gonna like just sit here and just yeah. make drinks for servers. He works like a brewery too. So I'm like, dude, just pull up a stool and just like pour, pour the tap yeah. for everybody. Just be on the one tap. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Get an Uber Eats for cocktails and then I'll just make them and then just have people deliver them. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> That'd be crazy. But yeah, no, in that aspect, yeah. So it's going to be great to see how um, I can affect the actual market where I'm at because I know that's a concern in our industry, especially in the Baltimore, Maryland, and D.C., area i mean baltimore dc maryland area but also see where, where it can we can grow it um because they have national circulation and so they affect people on a national level so i it's that's, one of those charities amazing. it's yeah. one of those charities that like you know as we get older you start looking at how can you improve the industry around you and i think it's one of those kind of things where you know there's so many conscientious efforts towards like making the environment better but this is something that can directly affect in, impact the the industry we're in in a way that a lot of people can benefit from so yeah dude thank you for like uh talking about that on the podcast because i think it's important for a lot of people to like know about so Mm -hmm. that's really awesome and then the one another thing is let's talk a little bit about your um consulting okay in baltimore is it specifically to baltimore and like with a company name and everything um so this is funny. Uh, a buddy of mine and I, actually three of us, got together and we talked about our love for rum. And I love rum. And we talked about it and we talked about how what we wanted to do to help 
gain exposure and understanding of their category. So we put our heads together and we came up with this uh, concept. And our company is called Kane Collective, K-C-A-N-E Collective. And it was initially started to bring awareness and bring visibility to the rum category. Mm -hmm. So we were hoping to represent numerous brands and the Baltimore, D.C., and Virginia markets to help not not only educate uh, consumers about the actual spirit category, but then also have a working professional knowledge of experience to offer to these brands as a labor force to represent them in markets that they, oh, cool. they didn't have mar- like uh, representation for. So that's what the initial start was. And we formed that earlier this year, late last year, around November, December, and then carried it on into January. But uh, now it has evolved to this monster that we are now calling an events consulting company. So it's a hybrid already. Um, and what we're doing is we're working with a number of different brands, a number of different caterers, a number of different just event staff that we're offering our service to to create custom cocktail menus, offer a service of staffing, kind of like a hybrid of caterer. And then, but then we also have a working knowledge of the brand. So we have an educational aspect to it. So we like to inform our consumers as well. And just kind of just seeing where it goes. Um, I, it's something that I'm very passionate about because education is a huge key for me being a part of this industry, but also the passion for actually what we do and sharing the love of what we do is a huge component of the the aspect of the business as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we can grow it in that aspect as well. Yeah. And then seeing just how I can just be further developed in uh, as a professional because you know it's one of those things when you get older and you start looking back you're like really I can't shake ice for 25 more years (laughs) well that's the (laughs) ultimate yeah Yeah, the crux of it all right it's always like after after a handful of years there's the wheels start turning and be like okay I have a huge solid base of knowledge here right how can I apply it in in creative different ways right right and then like attending things like this is always great because it's I tell people tales is like public school like, <laughs> and, and oh aspect, God, I love that reference. Yeah, Tales is like public school. Like, if you wanted to just go and party, there's you can definitely just come here and party and like rage with the best of them. I mean, it's like the spring break for ball ch- yeah. bartenders down yeah. there. Like, you just let we wear tank tops and shorts all day and slippers and just hang out by pools and you can do that. But then there's a also an aspect of an educational aspect here that like if you fully invest into that aspect as well, you can definitely gain a wealth of amount of knowledge. Um, there's a huge networking opportunity here. So if oh, you apply massive. yourself, it's amazing. If yeah. you apply yourself, you can network and gain knowledge and aspects that a lot of people don't have access to. And then it's kind of like what you make it. I mean, you can play hooky, you can skip classes. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, but like, or you can get a scholarship. You know, or yeah, like you can absolutely. The only like repercussion is the hangover. Well, and then now there's remedies for that. I just got done uh, having an IV. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's, it was, a, it's like a pop-up shop, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like Davos Brands is a had an RSVP. They basically provided IVs for uh, people that RSVP'd in their. Um, that's they're, they're so house. early what the hell's wrong feel? with them i'm great <laughs> <laughs> i am great i'm like i'm bright-eyed bushy-tailed no coffee i'm ready to go that's yes kind of, that's yeah. awesome yeah, so my body is full of nutrients and wonderful wonderful uh things so i'm ready to go <laughs> well that is awesome aaron uh, that being said i think it's time to hit the ground running and thank you so much for taking some time and um 
sharing your stories and everything you're doing on TalkTales. Uh, no, this is very awesome. It's actually a huge honor to actually be a part of this. I know you've been doing great things, and I wish you the best success on everything. So Thanks, Aaron. Uh, this is this is awesome. Like, Thank you guys for having me. This is, oh, yeah. for sure. This is a blessing. It's and a pleasure. Pleasure's all ours. Yeah, yeah this definitely. is definitely a highlight of the trip. So thank <laughs> you. Oh, stop it. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I can keep going if you want. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, next time you're in L.A., let's do it. We'll do it a full like episode with the characters and everything. Absolutely. That'd yeah. be freaking awesome. That'd be really good. And we'll sit in our little, our little hot studio in yeah. my basement. <laughs> a little non-fun <laughs> hot box studio there. I bring it's the, super fun. Well, we make the fun. Yeah. I'll bring it's the hydration. Balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, do you want to plug your Instagram or anything? Uh, you can follow me at AJZ Joseph on Instagram. Also, King Collective on Instagram. And Any websites? KingCollective.com. Okay, cool. And cool. just... I'll post on Facebook as much as possible and look forward to just having everybody support and everybody's support so far has been tremendous. So it it's actually very humbling to like see how much people can actually support you and things like that. So oh, yeah. that's great, right? Yeah. I appreciate everything. It's awesome. cool. Cool. So, yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, Thanks. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Hey. Well, gosh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to these Tales of the Cocktail interviews and the street tales that we were so lucky and so excited that we got to have. And thank you, everyone that was on the episode. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Adrena, Elliot, Brendan. Jacob, Aaron. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Yeah, thank and you ladies, so much. pardon me. Y'all. Y'all yeah. are awesome. Um, yeah, so like every night we kind of ended our night really late at Tales of the Cocktail. <laughs> yeah. I'd say we were getting on average of four, like four hours yeah, of sleep the say. whole week um, because there was a lot to do. Um, for, we'll talk about our first night going out of this episode because it's the first episode. We had a great time because we weren't really doing any interviews at that mm -hmm. time. We didn't know uh, what We were to getting expect. set up and so we did go visit our good friend Sari at a oh, it was, Cane uh, and Table. Cane and Table, yes. And that was fantastic and we had an amazing dinner at commander's palace and another mm -hmm. second dinner and cocktails at a lot of cocktails manolita manolitas yes Ooh, you gotta that, hit that place up and that was the big night for me so i we ended that one uh late late with mini beverages and and a lot of friends that kind of stuck with us through the whole trip a lot of those people that was, was a yeah that was a good base to mm -hmm. set the we tone had a for the whole trip so yeah it was fantastic and that one was the key holder for my ginormous hangover and pedialyte popsicles for the next day <laughs> so <laughs> that's I right I, we went that hard I, <laughs> yeah i think if i had any advice for anyone who's never been to tales of the cocktail is i think maybe go most hard the first night which will really set you up for not killing yourself for the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah. Because it worked out pretty well for me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we and all have a hangover story to eventually tell. Yeah, Pedialyte, Pedialyte, and Pedialyte. Yeah. Oh, and Dramamine and Gumbo. Water. Water. Oh, Gumbo, though. And Gumbo. Mm -hmm. Gumbo saves lives. Oh, and the ro um, the coffees. Oh, yes. The Aaron Rose coffees. Yeah, the um, frozen Irish coffees. Oh. God, my saviors. Yeah. Until the very end, but that's for later. <laughs> There's many <laughs> stories. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we're going to go into the next episode. Tune in for the next one. We have more stories, more shit that we got into. Uh, yeah, more, more shenanigans. More street tales. 
please share with your friends, share these things and mm-hmm. uh, like us and subscribe Definitely. because those subscriptions really help us. And yeah, we, we want to keep growing and we want to keep interviewing everybody and we want all your stories. Mm-hmm. Definitely. This was just like more motivation to continue what we're doing and, and that it's, it's just so much fun and it just reignites your, and reignites our passion for like putting these episodes out. So, and thank you for being patient. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you. Let's do some thank yous. Thanks to our editor, Jason. You kill it, man. And thanks to our Patreons who help us pay our editor. And thank you for um, Josh and our theme song and my brother-in-law, Grayson, for our badass logo. Thanks to Adele for attending Tales of the Cocktail and mm-hmm. kicking Capturing ass and taking some, names some and some great photos of us. Yeah, go on our Instagram, else. check out her photos that she she took and uh, all the help that she did with us in New Orleans. Thank you. Keeping um, us partying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she has some stories on her own. Oh, We're yeah, going to have to have a full episode on her side of that. <laughs> she um, lived it. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, and we, wanted, we do really want to keep doing these episodes so if you have like a buck to spare and want to go on our patreon we would really appreciate that and then we're trying to plan our trip to portland cocktail week in october i want to say yeah if you have a buck to spare please we'll go to a good use and we'll keep making these episodes and keep getting all of you bartender and bar industry professionals stories and we will share them and we want to document them and we want you to listen to them exactly (laughs) (laughs) and you know even if you can't do a dollar uh a like a follow facebook instagram talk tales the podcast um even just emails of support and love uh from everyone who, who listens to us is is appreciated because it, it just motivates us that much more. Tag a friend on Instagram. Yeah, tag them. Tag, tag everybody. Um, tag your it. <laughs> and don't drink and drive. Yep, don't do that. We did, we were lucky enough to have a lot of different types of transportation, mostly walking, to be honest, but we never uh, partook in the driving and drinking, and nor should you. So please be responsible, but enjoy yourself. Absolutely. You heard it from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's go out on this one with a little big band. Cheers. Cocktail. Cocktail. Cocktail.